When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Oh, it's a great ball, and Ben Davis is there to help it in. And what a moment for the defender. So rarely on the score sheet. Will this go down as his goal? I don't think so. Looks like an own goal. Kane, and look at the run of Regulon. Regulon goes to Son for the goal. It's a lovely counter-attack. It's a swift counter-attack. And Spurs double their lead. Brilliant. Son at the heart of it. Regulon's well on side. And him in Son was never in a million years going to miss that. Hello and welcome to The Last Word on Spurs. We do hope you're keeping very, very safe and well. Thank you so much for joining us on a Thursday night special here on The Last Word on Spurs. If you're listening to the show for the very first time, where have you been? Of course, on iTunes, on Spotify, on Audioboom, or across a range of different social media platforms. Andy Cos has already got me going here, trying to keep a straight face. We're, of course, on Twitter at Last Word on Spurs, Facebook and Instagram too. And for better or for worse, as we say this season, we're also live on YouTube. I am joined by three great guests, three returning guests, one you've not seen for a very, very long time. We're going to come on to him in just a second. But first, back fresh from the Tottenham Hotspur Stadium minutes ago. I must say, minutes ago he's arrived. We've got Frankie Major back on the last one on Spurs. Frankie, lovely to have you here. How are you? Good to be back, Rick, and good to be back after a win. Um, And not just a win, but a lot of positives tonight. There was a lot of encouraging signs I'm not going to get ahead of myself because it was Brentford and, you know, Burnley have beaten Brentford recently. Norwich have beaten Brentford recently. They've drawn with Newcastle. But there was a lot to be a, posi- a lot to be positive about tonight. Um, a lot of individual fantastic performances. Rick, the endeavour and desire and effort from those players tonight is something I haven't seen for a while. And I think the Conte effect is finally starting to rub off on, on these players. And yeah. uh, I'm, I'm positive. Good, 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 good game to go to. Um, again, I, I don't want to get ahead of myself, but I haven't left the stadium in in a while. And it's making me laugh. I'm trying to be positive here, but I haven't sure. I haven't left the stadium in a while yeah. that positive, in, in well, all seriousness. Yeah, whilst I'm, whilst I'm laughing, Frank, you've been here a while now. This is the first time I've seen you being with that kind of smile and talk with such positive. And I can see Conte is rubbing off on Frank massively here. Um, let's talk about a man that um, refuses to get excited, refuses to get carried away. And we've actually got him back on after a win, which is quite nice, which means there's not been much ranting. It might be positive ranting. We've got the great Anthony Costa back on. He's been a busy, busy man over the course of the last few months. And lovely to have you here. Finally, great to have you back on last one on Spurs. How are you, mate? You good? I'm good, mate. I'm good. I'm good. Nice to see you, boys. It's good to see you and Frank smiling for once, boys. I'll tell you. Because <laughs> on our group, it's just, it's just <laughs> negativity in a good way, in a good way. Because obviously, we've got to tell the truth. Listen, it's lovely to be back. I'm um, I'm buzzing for what I saw today. Obviously, I wasn't there. I'm, I'm up north at the moment working. But, um, yeah, the, the high press, people, the players wanting the ball, the players fighting for each other. Brilliant, brilliant to see. The manager has an effect on the players. You can tell that straight away. And, listen, long may it continue. I'm not getting ahead of myself yet, but I'm happy. Yeah, the message there from Nicky for you, Ant. No rant. No rant. Oh, I like that. 
I actually like that. I ran yeah. Rant and Costa is brilliant. That's got real potential. That's got real potential to come. I you I quite like that. Um, you know, I've got to say this, man. Now I've reached out to him. We uh, we lost contact. We've got back in contact. He was around. Now, if you're a if you are really a hardcore listener of the last word on Spurs, and you were back with us during the say, it feels like the retro, the old days. This man was making us. I mean, we were literally in tears with um, this man, and great to finally get him back on last word on Spurs on video live on YouTube. We've got the great Sammy Powell back on the last one on Spurs. Sammy, lovely to have you here, mate. We have to unmute that mic. How are you, my friend? There you go. That's how novice I am, mate. Unmuting me mic last last second, but yeah, I'm buzzing. Um, I'm, I'm I'm I sway towards how Anthony is, though. To be fair, I'm I'm, I'm with the eighty percent of Spurs Spurs fans that are. That are skeptic and getting excited about good results. You know, I can't get ahead of myself. It's Brentford, but I'm buzzing with the win, and I'm buzzing with what I've seen from the progress. You know, um, with what he's working with Conte, especially. You know, it's not like he's got what we had a few years ago. Um, you know, he has got to make some um, some serious progress with these players, and um, and 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 he actually said, didn't he? Um, Everything has to be better in uh, last week. That they were his words, and they do, and they were. So, so happy days, a 2-0 win, and let's have it. Happy days up the Spurs. Yeah, I'm, John, I'm absolutely loving this positivity. I've never seen Frankie smile this much on a last word on Spurs or just in general, so I'm quite loving this. Frankie, let's kick start with you because you were literally there at the Tottenham Hotspur Stadium, you know, 10, 15 minutes ago, such as the commitment of the man. Um, it was Conte Spurs winning again, a positive night with a return to form for Son into the top six, and it could be, like I say, well, it is now two points off the top four at the end of the evening following confirmation that United beat Arsenal. We were all kind of holding on and waiting so I say, to see how that result panned out, hence why we recorded straight after that. Um, Spurs were yet to win by more than a two-goal margin in the Premier League before that game tonight. How happy are you, Frank, to see Spurs perform like that so early into Conte's reign? Well, we know there's a lot of work to do when you bear in mind what happened to us last Thursday, of course, and the polar opposite to how we were feeling. Um, positive. Again, um, it was the signs that I saw within the game. I'm not going to get ahead of myself. As we've all noted, it's Brentford. They're a newly promoted side. They've had some good results, but they've also had some terrible results. But all we ask for as fans is that the players put maximum effort in. I think every football club fan base will tell you the same. And tonight, there were a couple of instances where we actually had a couple of set pieces, a couple of corners, in fact, in the first half. And they were actually quite bad. And they led to counter-attacks to, to Brentford. And you saw Son, Hoiberg. I mean, Skip was last man on corners, but the desire, particularly Son, he looked like he was running for his life, like his life depended on it, back from a corner. And both times we broke the play down. And that is, for me, the minimum requirement for, from a football fan to see from these players. And obviously Nuno, the mute, standing there with his arms folded on the sideline, wasn't getting this out of these players. He wasn't. It was flat. And Conte, he lives every moment. He's, he's literally so passionate and I'm not saying that, you know, you, you rant and rave and, and that's the key to management, but it's his desire and passion for winning. You can see it and it does transpire yeah. on the pitch. It's a huge difference to, to what we were being served up under Nuno. And not just that, but the, the tactics of the team, um, slight improvements in players. Um, Glenn Hoddle actually said it. I tweeted it before I saw the comment. That was Oliver Skip's best game in the Spurs shirt tonight. He was a little animal. Um, crunching into tackles. He, he he set the tone for me with his with his energy. Um, Eric Dyer, dare I say it, 
biggest critic of his in the past. Probably been one of our best players this season so far. Um, in moments, he was looking like a prime Beckenbauer. <laughs> um, no, he's passing. I know, I know. I, I said that for end, but um, no, his passing between the lines was brilliant. His passing yeah. tonight was superb. He led the line. He was brilliant. Skip was superb. Sonny was superb. Um, Regan on left back in the second half was superb. Um, if I'm going to give some criticisms, um, I think we need more from these wing backs. And I, I know Regulon got the assist and he had a good second half, but in that system, our wing backs are supposed to give us the, the width and support the attack. And as solid as uh, Emerson Royale is, he, he was brilliant tonight defensively. He did not take mm-hmm. his op- opposing man on once. And he yeah, seems correct. very nervous to he do that. He can't, that was he? Yeah. he can't go, but he can't beat a man. And we need more from him going forward in that wing back role. And um, in the first half, we got them behind their, our left-hand side, their right-hand side. We got them behind them probably five or six times. And the quality wasn't quite there to, to put the ball in the box. So, obviously, there's improvements that, that still need to be made. And we, we all know we need players. He, he needs two or three in the, in the window in January. Um, and Lucas, again, for me tonight, as, as much endeavour as he gives and as much desire as he shows in commitment, the quality's not there. And that's one player that we need to improve on one position in that front three for me, massively yeah. as well. Um, but I don't want to be overly negative. Again, good signs from, from Conte, early doors. You can see the players being properly coached. And Rick, the one thing I saw tonight as well, the fitness looks better. Yeah, and, and that's could, could, have been, could have been the Burnley game being called off has been a blessing in disguise. He's even said that after the game, basically. But yeah. already in a short space of time, we know he's big on diet and fitness. The, 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 Again, I always say it's a game of sprints and the desire out there tonight from the players was to sprint and put the effort in and that was yeah. until the 90th minute. So so there's been a lot, or there was a lot to be positive about tonight. I'm not going to get ahead of myself, but encouraging signs. Yeah, Can't afford to get too carried away, Frank, because obviously Ant will put us back in a box. Um, let's come round to you. It was a cover win for Spurs and um, this sounds mad. 2-0, our biggest Premier League win of the season. We're up to six. Um, it could do well for us in terms of the weekend, in terms of top four. Skippy, man of the match. I mean, Son excellent. Regular on a constant threat, although we had a call um, at half-time, I can say, Ant, on air. And, um, yeah, we just weren't... his final ball, Rick. It was just his mm. final ball. I mean, yeah. It was just... He gets into the right positions. He, get, he beats the man, which is great. That's what we want to see from our wing-backs. But as Frank said, they don't do the job to the full extent. Do you see what yeah. I'm saying? And, and, and Reguilón gets in so many good positions where he can whip a ball in into the box. And he don't do it. Sometimes his final ball's terrible. And it's the same with Royale. I want to ask Frank this. Frank, on a, um, a couple of mates of mine were texting me saying that Royale, they reckon had a bad game. I... Solid, solid defensively. I, he a, I think in a four, in a right back, he'd be a solid right back. But I just think going forward, I don't he think that's. He yeah, needs I a lot of work, a lot of work going forward. But the, going it. the other way, defensively, yeah. I thought he was solid, and I think he's been yeah. solid for us since he signed. Really, well, yeah, yeah. I thought it was is one of his best, better games for us. I mean, maybe yeah. I'm seeing a different game, but again, skip, brilliant. You know, forward passing, then through balls. That's what we want to see. All right, that might not be his best position. That might not be what we what he's there for. But mm. I just, I just, I just love what I saw tonight. Fair play. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? Frank getting reprimanded <laughs> there from Tony <laughs> Rodgers. Red card for Frank Major. He was tongue in cheek, Tony. Tongue in cheek. I said it for an he definitely did. Uh, and sticking with you, though, I mean, overall, listen, yeah. let's, let's be honest about it. I mean, seven points from possible nine in the league under Conte. I'm sure we all would have taken that, right, from the first three games. How impressed have you been, and generally, with Conte's effect so far on this group of players that, you know, we've been there before. They've failed a number of managers. 
how impressed have you been by the start he has made to this role in charge as a head coach? I love it, Rick. You know, I'm a massive fan of Conte, um, and I thought I think he never stops. I was there the other week when we we beat Villa two one, um, and he was shouting, screaming, jumping, shouting at him. It was just brilliant, and it's good to see because from what we had before and before that was just you know managers just there for the, for the job. Do you know what I mean? And and showing no heart. But today, and, and the other time I've seen Conte a few times, his passion is, is infectious, and that's what we want. And as Frank said when we started talking, all you want to see is your players, your team, given 100%. Okay, we're not going to win every game because we're Tottenham Hotspur, but <laughs> go out there fighting. Do, do you know what I mean? Go out there fighting. I totally agree. Sammy, let's come around to you. The, you know what, the... Uh... The, the encouragement and the infectiousness amongst you guys in the comments tonight is hilarious. We've got some crazy comments coming through. Sammy, um, it was an encouraging display from Spurs, um, which showed a really good benefit, as uh, Frankie said earlier, of a clear week off for the club. Um, second goal was very Conte-esque. I mean, many will say that the way in which Spurs yeah. did counter-attack at place, and, you know, we refer to that, same, uh, that term Conte ball very early, but it was a lovely, lovely move. Um, a shame, really, that tonight was the first of 10 games in 30 days, because I do think for the squad, it is going to be a massive test now throughout December and early January, but plenty to build on. Son and Skip particularly looking good. How would you overall sum up that performance for you? Well, I loved it because I, I, we won, obviously, Ricky. But, you know, I must admit, again, I don't want to bring a neck to it. I'm normally one of the most positive people you, you could get on here. But I have to say, you know, there's so much room for improvement. I was nervous with Emerson on, on the ball, to be honest. You know, uh, that passing out from the back when you've got a high-pressing Brentford, everybody knows they press heavy yeah. and hard. And passing it out on the on, to the right to, to Sanchez or Emerson, I was nervous. The ball was having to come back, back to Hugo and forward. I think the back really needs improving. I think the midfield needs, listen, the effort from them. The effort from them is unbelievable. And Conte is extracting that from them, you know, by the bucket load. However, when you look back, when we had someone who, like Ericsson, was the glue, the heartbeat, someone to rely on to feed it forward, we're missing these key players, aren't we? You know, yeah. he's working with what he's got, and by heck, he's working them hard. Very yeah, I'm hard. A, I must say, Sammy, Sammy's so, Sammy so hard that people obviously pick up the fact you're in an office at the moment. And, yeah, um, yeah, I'm in my office, mate. Yeah, we're getting some I'm really funny office, comments mate. coming through here. My, so, house, yeah. my house isn't like this, no. <laughs> well, I think we had, a, oh, we had one comment saying, was there any gooners there? They must have gone home early. Is that the case there from Pete Mason? <laughs> Yeah, and there's no gooners allowed in this office, mate. No, <laughs> no chance. That's part of the job interview. Have you have you been surprised, Sammy, by just how quickly Spurs have started in the content? Like I said to Ant, you know, seven points out of a possible nine. The way the players have reacted. I know, obviously, last Thursday in the NS Mora game, you could probably argue that was more of the B team out there to some effect. Although there was a few of the first team players in the squad, but overall, Premier League wise, have you been quite impressed by how the squad have adapted to him fairly quickly? Uh, yeah, I mean, he's he's working them hard, isn't he? You know, they're all saying how hard he's working them. So he's going to get the best out of them. But fans that want instant results from a manager just because of his prestige, it's just not going to happen. You can't just give a, a load of bricks, a bit of cement and say, right, build that house tomorrow. It's not going to happen, especially with Tottenham Hotspur. You know, there's a lot of foundations that need to be built. And he's got to bring these players in. He's got a lot of hard work to do. But at the moment, he's doing what he can do with what he's got. And I know I'm going to probably say that about 10 times tonight. But you look at what he's bringing out. Oliver Skip, wow we. I mean, you know, I was praying for this lad to come up through and, and, and perform. I was, you know, I really wanted it from him. And 
I think you could have no better manager than Conte. The passion of him, you know, showing young players like that the way forward. You can tell they're playing for the life for him. You know, Reggie the other week, and I know we're talking about this game, but in his in his interview saying, you know, I've had the worst week of my life. I, I, I You know, I'm not sleeping. Conte's drilling us into the ground. This is what he's doing for the players. It's just... Um, yeah, I'm, I'm I'm impressed with what he's done. And to be fair, I have to say it, when we got his appointment, I was like, oh, I didn't used to like him. But obviously, but he's, he's performed so well for, you know, his stature is there. Mm. And I love him. I just, how can you not be affected yeah. by a guy that is on his toes from the yeah. first second of the game to the last second, running up and down the sideline, getting called back into his box, giving the players everything. Last game, getting the fans on the feet. I mean, Jesus, you don't want any more from a manager, do you? So I'm, I'm buzzing with Antonio Conte. I love him. Yeah, no, I agree. And I think, like I say, with Conte, I mean, we, we laugh and joke about the player stats. I mean, like I say, Conte's uh, covering stats because I say he's covered a lot of ground there on the uh, on the touchline. Um, let's come back around to Frankie because, I mean, overall, Frank, so far, and I go again, uh, for Ant's sake, uh, I mustn't get too carried away because I know I'll be put back in my box very quickly. But, um, you know, the likes of Davis, Dyer, Skip, you know, there's early success stories under Conte so far. Um, have you been surprised by, you know, how he has given the likes of, dare I say, like a Davis, an opportunity there, where, of of course, you know, many Spurs fans, are you like myself, have, have kind of felt Davis's time has been and gone at the club. But, I mean, is it just a case of working what he's got, Frank, with the players that you ultimately trust, in your opinion? Probably. I think eventually we will get another left-sided centre-back to play in that three. However, with Ben Davis, I think we've all said it for the last few years, he's not a left-back or a wing-back anymore. His best position is a left-back in a three. Um, he plays it for Wales. I think he was brilliant tonight. Um, again, I, I'm not going to say he's the future. Um, I've been quite critical of him over the last couple of years, but I, I, I trust Conte. If he can get some of these players, I don't care what they've done over the last couple of years. If he can get a tune out of some of these players what, and, and we can see what we haven't seen since some of them have either signed or, or they've dipped in form, I'm all for it. Um, I mean, we, we do desperately need another centre-back and Romero to come back. Um Davinson Sanchez, for me, tonight, again, particularly in the first half, the, the jitters he sends through that team sometimes. I think he yeah, fell over he's shaky. twice. He's, he's, shaky. he's so shaky. I, I the ball went under his foot again. Long, mate. That's what worries me, playing out from the back. Sorry to interrupt you there, but they'll, they'll, those two players there, just they don't give me the confidence that it's going to go forward. It's the unconfidence that it's going to go back. And if you've got a high-pressing team on you, Brentford are, you've got a City or a Liverpool turning, turning into you there. You're in trouble with those players, in my opinion. Well, they were so aggressive, that front three for Brentford. Mm. And yeah. as you said, if that was a City or a Liverpool, well, we've got Liverpool in the 18th. If that's against Liverpool, they'll chew Sanchez up. I'll be totally honest with you. The ball went under his foot again tonight. How many times does that happen? I mean, that's lack of focus and concentration. And although, as an actual goalkeeper, he's superb, Lloris is kicking. He's, his distribution is up there, in my opinion. With He's one of the worst in the league. Let's be totally candid here. It is. Mm. He's, he sliced a couple tonight, and I know he's a brilliant shot stopper, and he's a bit of a legend. He is a legend at Spurs, not a bit of a legend. He's, he's a legend. But in the modern game, and with Conte ball, it requires a goalkeeper that's good, good with his feet. And unfortunately, we've been linked with a few keepers already. I know he's put in a, a great near ten years of service, but he's another one, Sam, Sammy. That that when he gets the ball, sometimes I think, oh my god. So yeah. this is this is what I go back to with improvements are fantastic, but recruitment. Is, is so necessary and needed. 
Yeah. Um, yeah. If we, we know need... it, he's definitely got his eye on it, hasn't he? Do you know what I mean? If we, he, he has to. He we, need another, we need another striker. We need, we need a striker, a centre mid, and a keeper, um, and a, a centre back. Sorry. So we need a, a probably. A, I would say a left-sided centre half. I think Eric Dyer's done all right under. I think he likes Eric Dyer as well. He does. Oh yeah, yeah. Seems like. I, I think. I think personally, and again, I love Hoiberg, but I think progression on the ball. He's he's not good enough. Let's be totally cutthroat here. If we're going to close the gap between us and the big boys, we need a box-to-box midfielder who can actually pass through the lines and keeps the ball, looks after the football. And obviously, we've been linked heavily with Alavic, and we do need another centre-forward. We know that, another forward. So I think as soon as January, I might be too optimistic here. I'll probably laugh his head off when I say this, but I think Conte will be targeting two or three players in, in, in the January transfer window, and it's needed, Rick. It is. Yeah. No, I mean, I, I totally agree on that. Um, Sorry, on Rick. Sorry, lads. It says uh, uh, Johnny Bay says we need a right back and shift Emerson to, to a back three. Now I, I said that the other week, you know, Emerson Royale is a right sided centre back. I, I know Romero would start when fit. This is the problem, but I don't think that's the worst shout in the world. But the problem yeah, is who well, plays right wing back, and then Tanganga on, on, as a right wing back. No, not Tanganga. It'd have to be. I know it's a bit out there. A bit hipster-like, but Lucas or Stevie Bergwin, they're the only two I can think that are capable of playing as a right wing-back if we were to move Emerson in. But I would trust Emerson there more than Davinson Sanchez, and that, that says a lot for, for my opinion of Sanchez. I mean, comment on the screen there, Anne, uh, from King Huddle. Cotton giving me belief that we can stay up. Do you have confidence oh, yeah. in that, Anne? I mean, we're halfway there, aren't we? We've got 22, we've got 22 points. It's the, it's the magic 40, so we're halfway there, lads. I'm excited. Um, <laughs> no, but listen... Onwards and upwards. I mean, as you know, as we always joke about myself, I don't get ahead of myself. And um, we, we have got some games coming up that we have to, you know, every game is different. Norwich, obviously, their form, their form is, is, is very, very poor. But let's not make them look like Norwich of 1995 when they had Chris Sutton up front. Do you know yeah. what I mean? And scoring for fun. So, yeah, I, I want to see progression. I want to see a build from tonight. And I think Conte is that obviously is our manager and will be that person to do that. But again, time will tell. Um, once January comes, we we need to see some new faces. We really, yeah. really do because some of the some of the squad is it's it's got a bit stale now. Let, let's be honest, and um, some of them players need to move on. Let's come around to you, Sammy. Out of interest, you know that team that Conte stuck with was the same eleven of which he was going to put out against Burnley, but obviously subsequently that game was postponed. Um, you know, he did say during the week he'd been able to work with the team on the training pitches, and I think, frankly, you picked up on it earlier. I think that's definitely, you know, shone through tonight. I think you can see the extra work on the training ground is definitely helping. And, of course, the Italian named again, Davinson Sanchez, on the right of that back three. He kept his place despite a poor display in that embarrassing Europa Conference League defeat to Ennis Mora. Um, in midfield, again, he decided to, in bringing a more attacking, like, um, well, I say, you know, Ondombele, once again, was, was not playing. He chose Pierre-Mihoubier, Oliver Skip. Um, any surprises for you with that team, Sammy, or was that what you roughly would have expected? No, no, completely Completely predicted, mate. The, the, the thing is, he's got, a, for me, and what Conte's trying to do is he's trying to find identity. At the moment... We don't have a playing identity. We don't have an identity. Tottenham don't have one. Um, so playing with the players and looking at them in training, it's absolutely key that he tries to play them together, the squad that he's got at the moment. You look at City and you watch the style of play. They've got an identity. You look at Liverpool, and I'm sorry to compare to these teams, but we want to be there. We want to be exactly where they are. And they've got a playing identity. We don't have one. 
at the moment, to be honest with you, we're, we're all over the place. There's a ping pong going on. There's loose passes. You know, I don't want to be negative. I don't, but they, these are the things that need to change. So until Conte identifies what, what we need to do, you know, we're, get, we're going to see a little bit of switching up with it. But I predicted that team. I mean, Harry Winks coming. I don't know how Harry Winks. I mean, Mora coming off for Harry Winks. He's like kicking out Kendall Jenner out of bed and so you can have Katie Hopkins coming in. But I don't. I just don't understand why he's there. But, but you know, at the end of the day, he's got to try. Some of these players that we don't rate are doing things for him on in training that we don't yeah. get to see. Do you know what I mean? Ben Davis, I'm, I'm going to be really controversial. I'm not there with him. I'm just not there with him. He's not a Tottenham Hotspur. He's not a top four Premier League football player. I'm just he's not a top six. He's not a top six player, not. let's be honest. I he's was encouraged tonight, but you're spot on, Sammy. Yeah, he, he's just not. Um, you know, I, I see him. I saw, I, he was great at Swansea. He, he, yeah. He's got skill. He's just not for us. We need, you know, I, I hate to go back retrospectively, but when you look at what our back lineup used to be, you know, again, with Emerson trying to be a Kyle Walker, he's got no chance. That's why I'm so worried with him playing it out from the back. He's not going to get forward like Walker used to for us. We're missing these players that can hold it up and get forward. Ben Davis, just not one of those. Um, so, yeah, there's a lot of building for him to do. The word I will just keep using for it, identity. He, but that's going to take him a little longer to do. And then once he starts getting the identity, he'll keep his key players in and he'll slot in the missing pieces on the chessboard. And that's what he's looking for. Yeah, I must ask you on that. I mean, Seven, I'll say question on Carl on the screen. This is that sort of going backwards, these players have gone. With the likes, of course, of Davis, who you mentioned there, um, I think that we all widely accept if Spurs, you know, have aspirations of being in the top four, returning to the Champions League, you know, that calibre of defender isn't good enough for where Spurs want to be. But yeah. if it's a case of working what he's got, have you been impressed by what he's getting out of the current group of players under How can you not be? How can you not be? I mean, seriously, I, I, you know, I even think if you're bringing your Mark Endes and the and, and players like that, the youth, they'll they will just absolutely, you know, bleed for him. Uh, these players are doing everything they can do for, for for Antonio Conte, and it's showing on the football pitch. I mean, you mentioned Hoiberg um, before not quite being there, but have you seen his work rate? You know, he's he's doing what he can do. He was running all over the place. Mora, we know he likes to chase the ball. But he was like a dog after a toy. He would not leave it alone. He was at the front. He was at the back. They're all over the place. They're chasing it down for Conte. There's absolutely no doubt he's getting the best out of all of them. You know. Yeah. And um, Frankie, just to come back round to you. Uh, Joe Roden, again, uh, turned up tonight, not in the squad. Uh, we did see, obviously, of course, his brother on social media put up an emoji as if to say, just, just maybe mildly unhappy about it. I mean, um, we've heard reports this week from Alistair Gold that. We're understanding he would be potentially keen to go out on a loan if he's not going to play games. What do you think, Frankie, on that? Because, I mean, he's been under, I mean, under Mourinho, Mason, Nuno. None of them fancied him. None of them, none of them fancy him. him. So is it a case, Frankie, what they're seeing in training just simply isn't good enough or isn't enough to get into this Spurs team? Listen, let's be totally honest. Um, let's be totally, totally honest here. We signed a mid-table championship centre-back when we were in for Skimra um, for, from Inter Milan. And what did we get, Rick? We got a mid-table championship centre-back. Now, a few of the hipsters in the fan base will tell you that, oh, no, you know, he, he's the answer. I've seen a lot of it on social media. He should play. You know, he, can, he can't. It, it, it's, it's, for me, it sums up our recruitment 
to to a T in the last few years. We had a number one target. We didn't want to pay the money for the number one target. So we dropped down to second and third choice and we got a third choice. And then two years down the line or whatever it is, he's he's not in the squad and he's not playing. And you could say about Endombele, I mean, he's another one. How many managers don't trust him? He's been <coughs> on the squad, um, on the bench, not a kick tonight. Um, Gio Celso in the injury in the treatment room again, as always. It, it, it sums our recruitment up. And, and this is the problem. I mean, now, under Conte, this can't happen. We have to back him. We can't be signing a £12 million centre-back from Swansea again when there are better players out there. So, unfortunately, what are we going to get for Roden? Will we get the 12 mil that we laid out for him whilst his values depreciate him, whilst he's sitting sitting there not even in the squad? Probably not. Would he have to go out on loan? Probably. And was he another great signing for Spurs? Of course he was. So, that's well, what you get, he, Rick. Frank, if he goes out on loan and, and Conte's still there saying two two years' time, if he don't fancy him now, what's, who's to say he's going to fancy him in? Well, I'm saying the reason he'd go out on loan is because who's going who's to pay for him? Who's going to buy him in January? This is the problem. And who's going to want to pay? The the thing is with Daniel Levy as well, and this has got to change, he has got an unreasonable expectancy for for the transfer fees that he wants to recoup or get back in for certain players, for all the players, sorry. And what is he going to want for Roden? He's probably going to want 15, 12 mil for him. And no one's going to pay that. So he's going to have to go on loan, and we're going to have to hope it's a good loan spell to get his value up. And there's a few players like this in the squad. To be honest with you, short, short of Newcastle coming in and rescuing us and signing Winks and Deli Alley, um, they're probably going to have to go out on loan because who's going to want to pay the money that Levy's going to want for them to, particularly in January? So, to, to sum up what you said, Rick, Joe Roden is exactly what we got, um, what we paid for, what you know, he's a championship centre back, and he's never going to probably play another game at Spurs again. Let's be honest. I'm, 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 this is an injury. No, that's fair. I mean, Anders, come around to you on on Roden. Uh, you know, have you been surprised by his lack of opportunities so far yeah. under Antonio Conte? Yeah, because when he played a few games last season, he was he was off decent, and I thought, okay, he's young, he's from a championship side, as as Frank said, and and maybe there's potential there to to build on something. But then he then he fell out of favour with Mourinho. Then Nuno's come in, didn't hardly play, played the odd minute here and there. And now Conte's come in and he doesn't fancy him at all. Not even the Europa Conference games. Maybe I'm wrong. Maybe he has played. I, I don't know that the team's inside He's out. one half. I think a half. He obviously got, he got hauled off, didn't he, uh, from NS Moore, I think, from the 53rd minute. All right, so he's played, he's played, a, he's played a one half of European football this season. So you've got, to, you've got to see what these managers are seeing in training. I mean, obviously, I'm, the, I'm no expert. But if these managers are... All these managers can't be wrong. That's what I'm trying to get at. And it's like Tang, it's like Tangy, it's like Roden. All of these yeah. managers, they they all don't fancy them, so they can't be all wrong, can they? They can't. No, yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. So it's, 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 it's a shame because you know there were stories about Bale really going, you know, saying to Spurs yeah. to go and get him, and and yep. Davis was was very much behind the, you know, the, encouraging the deal as well, and really up for it. But I just see nothing. It's a shame because. There could, there was a little bit of potential that I saw last season. It's a shame. Sammy, do you have a view on it before we discuss the game itself? Yeah, I mean, yeah, I've got Yeah, my view is dead straight. He's not good enough, and uh, and one of the best managers in the world sees a, a lot more than what you, I, or even some of the most experienced people do. And and he's seeing, he's not seeing the training good enough. Conte will pick players that work the hardest. He's not doing enough, and he, or he's not good enough, and it's as simple as that. You know. 
it's as simple as that for me. Okay, uh, on the screen, Nathan Evans says, "Morning, lads." Um, so Nathan, obviously abroad at the moment or overseas, says, "Is it worth going for Vlahovic? Seeing Man City wants to buy him, and what has happened to Kundi? Why can't we sign him for a centre back?" On that first point, Vlahovic, I think, as we understand at the moment, um, Juventus very, very keen on him as things stand. And so are Spurs, of course, as well. But again, I think it's going to be very difficult, boys. And we'll get your views on it very quickly. That um, and if Man City come to the table for Vlahovic, as much as perhaps he's got a very, very strong relationship with Conte, and you know he can maybe sell Vlahovic the proposal to come to Tottenham, I think it's be very hard on that point, you know, to see him, you know, come to Spurs and Kundi. I don't know what's happened there with with Kundi. Anyone actually knows what's happened with with Kundi at all? Uh, Frank, any, Chelsea, any, Chelsea, Chelsea wanted him. Do you remember? Chelsea wanted him. Uh, Sevilla, want, Sevilla wanted a replacement. Actually, wanted Sanchez. Yeah. If you remember yeah. rightly, it all yeah. fell out of bed because Sevilla said, "Unless you pay, I think they wanted more money at the yeah. last, uh, the eleventh hour." But unfortunately, mm. the, the the issue with us, regardless of having Conte in the stadium and all the rest of it, is if Chelsea or Manchester City want a player, yeah. and we want a player, they go to Manchester City or Chelsea. Let's be totally honest. Yeah. Um, Valovic, we've got to move quickly for him because if he's if we don't get him in January next summer, there's going to be mm. several clubs in for him, and it's going to be hard. Well, you think you know if, if Spurs had a chance for that transfer. They would have had to already done the groundwork in advance, anyways, where things stand at the moment. You like things, so you know it's two and a half, three weeks now left until the, the January transfer yeah. window opens. Yeah, you can't be sitting back and just trying to get cheap deals here and there. We've got to go in all guns blazing. And pa- Paratici, you know, and, and his t- and, and the team and the board need to start backing Conte straight away because this is our first. You know, it's not the summer transfer window as we know, but this is our first window where we can start to build and start to see what Conte wants to do with, with the squad. It's the board's last chance, in my opinion, the board's last chance. 100%. To win the fans in, in terms of saying, we're giving you what you want, because they never have. They no. never even gave the managers what, what, yeah. what, what, what the manager wanted. This is now, it's all, you know, we've got the manager... You know, Patrice, he's got his eyes on people. What You've got to make sure now that the board go, there you go, the gloves are off. You know, deliver something to these supporters, show them that yeah. we mean business as a club. Yeah. If not, if we if we start doing these half-wit signings, half-hearted signings, that yeah. some of them are quite, quite famously do, then... I mean, then I, I, you know, and do you know what as well? I know, listen, I, I'm, a, I'm a firm believer of the... Um, Conte does have a lot of pulling power. But players now, as we all know, January is a very tough time to get, you say, your number one targets if you're not winning to spend. But if we had Champions League football behind us as well, that would be a massive sell. Of course, uh, yeah. A but massive sell as well, do you know what I mean? think the thing with Conte is, and we all know this, that with Conte, it's not about, you know, targeting a certain position. He knows the players that he wants to bring in. And this isn't about, you know, going after, you know, a bit, you know, player A and there's other options around player A. No, it's it's that player or nothing. And this is the thing with Conte where he'll come in and he'll tell you exactly what he wants. I've said this before with Conte that if you do not give him exactly what he wants, this will not work. So, you know, it will be interesting to see what happens in January, but we are going to go for our first break of the show for our listeners that are on audio. Uh, taking this break, you're going to hear from Antonio Conte and Ben Davis. Gentle Ben giving their thoughts on the back of Spurs beating Brentford 2-0. Congratulations. I'm going to say that was the most all-round performance under Antonio, yeah, and a deserved win. Uh, yeah, yeah, I thought it was um, a pretty decent performance. I think there's a lot for us to work on, but we seem to have made the fans happy. <laughs> OK, tell us about that first goal. I mean, I thought it was your goal 
all night long until I saw the replays. <laughs> uh, we, were saying, we were saying, oh, Ben's done well to get, get to that. Uh, I was just in there, mate, and tried to be a uh, nuisance. I, I was nowhere near it, to be honest. And uh, I knew from the went in, I was surprised that it, that's where it ended up. But, um, yeah, everybody here seemed to think it was mine. So it was <laughs> all right. Days. Happy days. <laughs> what it did mean is it was a reward for a positive start. I mean, we came out here in the right mindset, didn't we? Yeah, we came out here. We knew how important this is. Um, just for like the context of our season, we need to put a run together now to pick up as many points as we can. And it was a shame the Burnley game was called off because we were, you know, we were confident, we felt uh, ready to go. But we need to start again and, um, like I said, try and build some momentum, get get on a good run. Second half as well, actually, came out with intent again, didn't we? Yeah, we did. And I think look, there was moments where we had to defend, but Brentford's a very good team. They've caused good teams this year a lot of problems so um, there was always going to be spells in the game where we had to dig in and defend and that's what we did fantastic breakaway goal wasn't it for the second yeah it was excellent it was um, basically exactly the way we set up to to counter teams and if you can get those wide men high and wide get them in behind the chances it's, it's a couple of passes and you can be in and uh, yeah it was good to see it uh, work out that way momentum you, you mentioned we're getting that momentum now in the Premier League, aren't we? And we've we've noise to come here on on Sunday. It's another opportunity, isn't it? Yeah, I really hope so. I think um, that's our target. We've got to look to try and get another three points. So, yeah, if we um, you know really take advantage of these home games that we got, and we've got a number of games over Christmas where they come. There's a lot of points on offer. So, yeah, look, we have to we have to try and get that uh, that run going. You mentioned in an interview this week, very good in-depth in interview this week, about the work Antonio and the squad are doing on the training ground. Look, it's, it, the evidence is there in front of our own eyes. The work rate, you know, the, the pressing, you're seeing it. Yeah, I think um, that's one thing where we were probably lacking and we needed to get better. And, and I think the stats in the last couple of games have shown that we are dramatically improving in that regard. So... Yeah, there's uh, still a long way to go. It doesn't happen overnight, but um, but we're happy so far. Well done tonight. Thanks a lot. Cheers, Marzi. Antonio, congratulations. Now, that was a good win tonight, a good performance. Yeah, congratulations to uh, the players. And uh, I think uh, a good win. Uh, uh, surely a good win uh, against a, a team uh, very dangerous. They are a, a, good, a good team, well organized, uh, uh, very strong uh, and set pieces. Uh, and uh, the throw in was uh, every time uh, uh, a real dangerous. I think that uh, we performed well uh, with great attention, with great uh, uh, desire to, to, to get three points, uh, to, to finish with a clean sheet. Uh, that uh, is always important. And uh, yeah, we missed chances no? to improve the, to implement the, the final result. But I think it's important to create, to create chances. And uh, I think that uh, we are going uh, to improve no? our performance, our uh, um, uh, uh, danger in, uh, uh, in the box of uh, all the, the opponent. It felt, I mean, Brentford are dangerous, but it felt like we were always in control tonight. Yeah, yeah. I think uh, they were uh, dangerous uh, uh, only set pieces and uh, they threw in. But when happened this type of situation, uh, we have to pay great attention and uh, anything can happen because uh, uh, they have a strong player, uh, uh, very, very tall. And, uh, but I'm satisfied because also defensively uh, we showed with great attention and uh, was good. And 
uh, Hugo, uh, I think, uh, showed a great personality in these uh, circumstances. A lot of positive things, but as I said before, and uh, now we have to enjoy until midnight. After midnight, uh, one second, we have to think uh, on Sunday. And another game, an important game for us. We have to try to get three points. We have to try to rest and uh, to be prepared. Another tough game against a team that uh, played uh, two, two, two days ago. When you came, Antonio, the, the thing that you said more than anything was we're going to work, 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 work. Yeah. Training, training sessions. We're seeing it on the pitch now, aren't we? What the, what the players are doing. Yeah, I think, I think that uh, we show it, uh, to, today great intensity and uh, to put pressure in this way. And it means that uh, uh, you need to have your legs, in uh, your, uh, <laughs> your body, the possibility to do this. You know? And uh, I think that we are working. We are working in many aspects. We are working under tactical aspect, uh, physical aspect, uh, under mentality aspect. And uh, I'm very pleased to, uh, for the commitment that uh, the players showed me every day. And uh, I think this aspect is uh, make me very, uh, very proud. No, very proud, and, uh, and I'm enjoying uh, this uh, this experience. I bet you enjoyed that goal, the second goal as well. That breakaway was beautiful, wasn't it? Yeah, great, great. And uh, uh, in the second goal, uh, I think uh, the players showed me the quality that they they have. I think. Uh, um, Harry, no? Harry received the ball and uh, he made a, a, a ball for, uh, for, for Sergio and then uh, for, uh, for Son. Uh, yeah, this, this team has good quality and uh, I think it's very important to, to take confidence. Take confidence to understand very well what I want with the, with the ball. Uh, without possession, I want to, to put pressure uh, to the, the opponent and, uh, and to play high intensity. I think this is the, the only way that we have if we want to, um, to have a satisfaction uh, in the future. And you wanted the fans right behind us, and they were, weren't they? All the way. Yeah, but uh, the fans are very, uh, they are very important. And uh, when I arrived uh, the first time uh, here and uh, before Vitesse, uh, I, I read uh, that uh, this is our uh, fortress, and uh, this must be our fortress. And uh, the fans, they have uh, an important part in this, uh, in this situation, because uh, if they, they push, they push, uh, they push, uh, they stay um, back us, no? and uh, every game from the start until the end, I think it's not easy for the opponent to play in, in this stadium. Well done tonight. You got two more hours to enjoy it. Oh yes, yes. And then yeah, but I don't enjoy. I'm starting to, to think. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. To to Norwich game. Okay. Thank you. Thank you. We are now going to discuss the story of the game itself. I'm going to come to you, Sammy, to kick things off because for Spurs, um, they got off the mark. Fairly quickly, which is nice to say at the top of Oswald Stadium. It was a Spurs take the short corner, Hummingson uh, crossing dangerously, and Sergio Canos heading into his own net. It was a bit of a comedy goal. And I must say, I think Spurs have had 64 corners this season. And uh, that is the first we've scored from, although it wasn't a Spurs player scoring. So I don't know if we can count that, but uh, we'll count on the last one on Spurs. Who cares? Uh, Sammy, thoughts on the opening goal? Bit of a mess, yeah, wasn't it? We'll messy, it. messy, mate. But we, you know, in, in, in true Spurs style, we'll, we'll, we'll take it, won't we? Uh, at first, we didn't even know how it had gone in, but it was, um, we needed that. 
Um, it, it, that created the tempo for, for, for the game for me. I think we looked a little bit disjointed taking off and then there was a sit, a little bit of a sit back after it as well. But yeah, it was... Um, I'd like to know what, what what's going on with the with the, the ball as well. Um, you know, the one bounce and the two bounce. I actually, obviously, we know that it means something to the players yeah. in the box, but I don't I don't actually know unless you guys do what what you know what it's what what it's uh, symbolising. I don't I don't know. Um, well, maybe maybe one bounce. Get it over and follow the white shirt. He's got over and follow the white Yeah, I was intrigued by it, but listen, we'll take it. Came from a corner, and we'll have it. Doesn't matter how it goes in. Yeah, incredible. No, I, I totally agree. I mean, Frank, isn't it nice? I mean, you were there. Isn't it nice to have a fast start? Isn't it nice to score early? I mean, how many times have we been sitting in that stadium this season and you're having to wait and wait and wait for a goal and you go in one behind as we had against Leeds, for example, and that pressure seems to build on the crowd. And, you know, we've actually had a question in, Frank, while you answer this, because uh, I say you were there. He said, um, this is Raul saying, why does the stadium seem so dull? Fans quite for 40 minutes need to create a better atmosphere and make the stadium feel like a fortress. What's lacking in your opinion? Thoughts on that, Frank? Spot on. Spot on. I said it to the guys that I sit with in the stadium. I said, this is rubbish. The first 10 minutes, the big South stand, who did, to be fair to them, got better as, the, as obviously the performance grew. It gave them something to cheer about. But we were so flat as a crowd. And there were so many people just sitting there. I mean, there was loads of empty seats. We know that anyway, the attendance was pretty poor. Um, really disappointed with the fans tonight. Um, there, there needs to be more singing. I mean, I sit in the shelf. It's where my season ticket is. And around me... There's a lot of people just sort of happy to sit there with their arms folded and watch the game. Well, watch it at home and give your ticket to somebody who's going to at least sing two or three times during the game because we've got this beautiful stadium, we've got this massive single tier, and we're not we're not making it anywhere near as intimidating enough. We were so quiet. Have you tried singing, brother? Have you tried singing in the freezing cold? It's hard, son. Listen, I was still singing. I was still vocal, and. Um, I'm I know, I know, but it was frustrating. That was my bugbear yeah. tonight. That was my one criticism. It was poor. Yeah. And uh, for, for some of the big games, uh, the City game particularly this season, the crowd could be brilliant and they could be the, the 12th man. But tonight, it was it was a bit, yeah, it was a bit rubbish. And I think, is it a mix of, I don't know if it's a fallout from um, the weather, perhaps. I said this to you earlier, didn't I, boys, that it yeah. was freezing cold. The game's on TV. It's a midweek game. But for me, it's still poor. I've just, I've just seen, Frank, in a screenshot you sent us, I think, was it eight or eight seats next to you, empty? Next to me, there was a row of nine seats. Mm. The the guys I get my, oh, got my season ticket through originally, and we've been going together for years, they weren't there tonight, too cold. Botching, if you're listening, poor. <laughs> but no, there was there was quite a lot. There was there was spare seats around, and it's not good enough, really. We need to, we need to make it more intimidating, definitely. Mm. But again, I suppose the onus is, and Conte actually said it a couple of weeks ago, the onus is on the, the, the team to get the crowd going. And I don't think it was a bad start. Um, as Sammy said, there was patches in the beginning of the second half. Brentford actually started quite fast. Uh, we dropped 10 yards in the midfield and there was a bit of ping pong going on in, in patches in that little period. But hmm, again, the, the fans and the crowd could definitely do better, Rick. Yeah, no, I, I definitely think, you know, and with Conte being here, this is one thing that we know he very much is kind of remonstrating, you know, to get the foul, uh, get, sorry, get the get the fans up and, you know, to get the place on its feet. Yeah. Well, um, Hoiberg yeah. was doing it as well, Ricky, when, when yeah. the ball went out. You know, he was giving it. And you want to see a bit of that, don't you? You know, the fans getting behind him. He, you have to, he, he did, he done done it to the North Stand, didn't he? I think that was, a, was it the second half or the first half? Yeah, yeah. I can't, can't quite yeah. remember, but 
But it, there needs to be a change. And I'll tell you what doesn't help. The fact that they put on this really strange music in the build-up to, uh, to the kickoff, And literally, as the final whistle was about to be blown, Liverpool have you never walk alone. Everton have Z cars. Where this sort of... I don't even know what it was. It was like techno yeah, yeah. trancey. All this mad... And I, the bloke I sit with, one of the old boys, he was going mad. He was turn it down, turn it off. And you couldn't hear the crowd. And, and what we maybe should have is maybe some Tottenham songs. Glory, glory, and a couple of others in the build-up yeah, to yeah. kick off. Get the crowd singing. So whoever's in charge of that in the, in, in the club needs sacking because it was criminal. The noise, the Only at Spurs, did you get the fans like, can you turn the noise down at the stadium? No, no, it, was, it, was, it, was, it was weird. I admit, I mean, he's a lot older than me, he and I sit with, but I admit, I said to him, this is strange. What are they doing? It's, it's like... Again, I can't even think of the genre of music. It's like yeah, that was it. Like Wars, stuff you hear in stuff you hear in a nightclub yeah, yeah. in Vegas. You know all that sort of weird. Oh, it's strange. Well, strange, I mean, strange. You could argue Conte is Vegas. Maybe we're trying to get that way, Frankie. Maybe that's what it is. Um, let's cover out of hand. Um, and you know the game itself. First off, let's be honest about it. I mean, you know we got the what we got the first goal, and already you know there was that there was that feeling that you know. There was a game here to build upon, right? And I say it was important to get that first goal. We saw an incredible work rate from Sonny, who ran the length of the pitch to close down um, Mbumo, who we spoke about earlier for a counter-attack. And that's what you do want to see. Uh, we saw a yellow card for Rico Henry at one point, who decided to leave chokeslam Emerson for some very, very strange reason. First off, overall, going into it, because we spoke at half-time, was there always a confidence from me that we'd see the game out? Or was you frustrated in the fact we just couldn't press on and get that second goal in that first half? It's, it's just... Yeah, we went obviously half time one nil up, but you're always thinking to yourself, "Oh, who's going to make a mistake in the second half? Who's going to who's going to slip up? Who's going to give away a penalty? Who's going to, you know, give a bad pass back? Who's going to pass the other?" You always having that back of your head. I'm watching it on the TV and I'm thinking, "Oh, mate, I've got no nails again tonight because you're constantly worried, aren't you? Do you know what I mean?" And. I don't know. It's just me being, you know, a, a negative Norman sometimes because we can play so well and we've played so well in the past and we've, we've battered teams and then a week later we've played terribly. You just can't get ahead of yourself. Do you know what I mean? So I'm just, I'm just happy with the win tonight and I think that on Norwich's game is, is just as important. It's quite worrying that you're being urged on now to get you know comments put on people that actually know you so well on this podcast. Say it, and Sanchez like a dog chasing a balloon. We're trying to we're trying to keep him going. It up for you. That's a great, 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 great analogy, by the way. Yes, we're trying to come on. I was like, oh, here we go, here we go. Soon, I can't believe that. I can't believe that. When I when I called him earlier, I said to him, I've got I've got to worry for him that I think he's going to get a second renaissance under Conte. Listen, he came on second half. I mean, again, I do think we. If I'm being honest with you, I'll be massively surprised if he doesn't end up moving on in January. Just I think I pure, purely on the basis that you know, I love that comment. which one, Pete Mason? I can't even watch our goal replays in case we miss. <laughs> <laughs> That's so Spurs, isn't it? That's so Spurs. Oh god, that is perfect. Did anyone see that tweet that was put out about Dyer ripping into Winks when he gave the ball away? And Davis is standing there with his arms behind his back. And it says, well, I'll try and put it up to the screen. Look, can you see it? Ben Davis has got his arms behind his back and it says, Winks career. Dyer ripping into Winks whilst Davis mourns Winks' career is one of the best things you've seen tonight. 
And look, you've got Ben Davis looks like he's actually at a funeral, Benny, or paying his respects. <laughs> I thought, this, is, this, is, this is the times where I feel so sorry for um, our listeners on audio because this YouTube version you know, stuff like that got Frankie showing there absolutely priceless go and check us out on YouTube if you're not unsubscribed please go and subscribe Sabi let's come around to you um, because Spurs they did go two up in that second half uh, it was Kane playing regular into space he picked out some an inch perfect ball into the centre for the South Korean just fire into an empty net um, I've got to say Kane unlocking Brev with a killer ball there from the centre circle what did you make of that second goal, Sammy? Well, that, first, that's what Harry Kane brings to the table, where everybody dissing him when he's not when he's not scoring goals. I see so much negative towards negativity towards Harry Kane. He's a producer, he's you know, he, he's absolutely mustard. He's a he is a game-changing player. We all know that. That ball was brilliant. Um yeah, I mean, Reggie, I'll be honest with you. I think you touched on it, Frank, just at the beginning. Sometimes you, you're not confident I've seen him running with it and it's so often he takes one touch too many and just runs it out and I was just cringing thinking no 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 deadened it perfectly and uh, Sonny's walking it in and he what I like is the space that Sonny makes as well he's always there and he he knows exactly where he's running to beautiful goal yeah well, yeah the roof came off mate yeah it was brilliant he was a man, man possessed tonight Sonny brilliant so good uh, yeah absolutely brilliant I mean yeah, so I, I, I think we've not seen the best of him. I, I don't yeah. even, I, and that's that's a massive statement. I don't even think we've seen the best of him. I think he's going to play his best football under Antonio Conte because if mm -hmm. he's got players giving every ounce of the breath, and he's by the way, he has got enough. He's like a racehorse. He's got enough pace. He can do a full ninety minutes each day if he what. Huming Son is a machine, well yeah. oiled as well. Yeah. Conte yeah. will get that extra ten percent out of him, uh, and I'm really looking forward to seeing that. Interesting. Just, just to touch on, just to touch on something quickly there. Sorry, go on. All right. Somebody said it in the comments, and I said it during the game. Kane, by the way, the pass of the night tonight was that ball out to Emerson Royale. Yeah. That ball on the spin. Unbelievable quality. And unlike someone like Aubameyang, when Kane isn't scoring, he's still at the heart of everything. He's got every pass in the, in the locker. But he does look leggy. There's something not quite right. You look at him when he's moving around the pitch. I don't know if he's played so much football over the last few years. Something is not right with him. And to me, I, said, I put a tweet out weeks ago. I said, uh, 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 obviously, I'm not right because he's still relatively a young man. But he looks like his legs are going or his legs have gone. And that is a complete worry because his pace has declined over the last four years rapidly. And I, I think he, he almost looks like he needs a month off on a beach somewhere. Um, <laughs> obviously, he's, no, he's still got quality on the ball. But you watch him off the ball. He looks, he does look leggy. And it's a, it's a big, big worry. Yeah, that's why he needs the support, though, Frank. That's why he needs the players. He needs some players to be able to do what he can do. You know, and then do you know what he needs? He needs he clear cut that. chances created for him. He had one for yeah. all from Skippy, which he should have probably scored by his standards on the on the left foot. But very rarely does he get the ball laid on a plate like what Son had from Regulon. Because and also I think he also knows that at times when he when he Makes them runs like Ronaldo's always on his toes when he's got Bruno Fernandes behind him because he knows there's a chance he's going to get the ball. I actually think sometimes Kane doesn't even bother making the runs because he knows he's not going to get the ball because that midfield is more endeavour than quality. It is. Let's be totally honest. He, does, he loses and, the ball a lot more recently as well as as that says he. You know he's he, he likes to hold it up though, doesn't he? So so when you do, you get people running into the back of you. We all know he's famous for winning fouls. He loves a bit of that holding the ball up and getting knocked over. But when he's got it. He, you know, if there's no one producing the creativity for him, he is the creativity. 
He's that yeah. good. When he gets straight away, it happened after 15 minutes. He wasn't getting the ball. So what does he do when he doesn't get the ball? He drops deep to go and make things happen. And this is where we need that orchestrator, that conductor, that Ericsson type footballer in our team where Kane can stay higher up the pitch. Because if he was getting service and he was getting those quality through balls, he wouldn't drop as deep. And that's a fact if you saw more of the ball. So that is certainly a position that needs to be addressed, the centre midfielder, in my yeah. opinion. And I want to come back around to you. Just to... Don't you think he'll be, he could be as, as um, I think Paul says here, like, like, like a Sheridan. You know, deep, you know, a number Deep line playmaker, they call it, don't they, off the front? Yeah. Um, yeah. yeah. With, with a number nine up front, you know, say, for instance, Vlaovic and Kane just behind with Son and maybe more on, on, on the on the, on the the wing. Mm. I do want to ask you something. I want to ask you out about Hummin Son. I mean, that's I think me and you do think very like about Son. You know, great player. But um, again, that bracket people say he's world class. I mean, let's be honest about it. Sonny, it's got off, went off the boil, and it's the thing with Sonny. He goes through what I describe as purple patches. You get seven or eight great games, and you get another four or five that again goes off the boil. And when he's when he's on it, he's magnificent. He's a top top class player. When he's off it, he's so anonymous. But you know, tonight you look at the stat out there. Now we, I know, I know you hate the stats, Ant, but I'll read this one out. Uh, he does now become the fifth player to score seventy five plus goals for Spurs now in the Premier League. Harry Kane one six seven, Teddy Sheringham ninety seven. Jermaine Defoe, 91. King, 91. Son there now in 75. I mean, it's not a bad scoring bad. return, is it? It could be so much more, though, couldn't it, with Sonny? That's the thing. It could be so much more. We all know that some games it does go missing, you know, especially away from home against against the Uniteds or, or, or even Liverpools and the top top sort of four or five teams. But, yeah, he's a, he's a, he's a fantastic player. I'm so pleased that he's, he plays for Spurs. But when he turns up and plays like he did today... It's lovely to watch. But as I said, sometimes he does go missing. Yeah, he's one of only Spurs' players that can that can that could walk into any squad and make a difference, though. You know, uh, that's what I believe. I think you could pick him up and put him in a football team anywhere in the table and he's and he's making an impact. Yeah. More so know, than Kane, Sammy. Sorry? More so than Kane. More so than Kane. More so than really, I think if you put Kane in that Man City team, he gets fifty goals. I really do. I even now, that. even now, Frank, despite even now, on. even yeah. now, they create so many goal scoring opportunities, and he's still the best finisher at the club for me, so Harry Kane. You still put, you still put, Frankie, that Kane's lack of goals is down to the service more than his own personal um, issues. Not just so down to that, Rick. It's a mixture. It's a mixture. He, he does look tired. Um, his confidence must be not what it was because he's got one goal in twelve league games. Um, he had a good chance tonight and a good chance against Leeds. But, yeah, I, I do think that we lack creativity. We know. We've, we've been on this show so many times. We've said it, and the whole fan base knows that, that one of the biggest faults in this team at the moment, barring, obviously, tonight, which was positive, is lack of creativity. And if Kane stayed further up the pitch and played what he is as an out-and-out striker, um, I know he can drop deep and he can influence the game, but if we did have playmakers around him, all those you know, sorts of players who created him, creating opportunities for him. Obviously, he'd get the goals. He would. No, that's yeah. that's fair. That's fair. I mean, just in terms of the goal itself and coming around to you, I mean, obviously, people were... I mean, listen, it was liquid football, wasn't it, that second goal in terms of the way it was created. Yeah, and yeah. I, um, yeah. We have to say, you know, that, that was, you know, people have studied Conte. That is out of the Conte book in terms of the counter-attacking nature of the way he likes his teams to play. Quick, incisive passing, lovely finishing. And again, it kind of reaffirms the fact that, you know, um, there's definitely work going on in training here. 
that we can see now. And I think this is great because we've said before about leading a plan, as Lee always says about leading a vision, a philosophy. You can clearly see, Ant, can't you, what is going on in that training ground and how it's actually impacting games. I think that's really impressive when what Conte's managed, what, three or four games so far? You know, it's only, what is that, third Premier League game, full Premier League game? Have you been Better. impressed by how quick? Have you been impressed by how quickly these players 100%. are already taking on the messages here? Hundred uh, percent. You know, the players that we've got have adapted to what Conte wants. Yes, there is so much work to do, as we all know. It doesn't take a weatherman to tell you it's pissing down outside. But what I'm trying to say is, is that we've got a lot of work to do. But the base, that the foundation is there, and Conte needs to build on that by, you know, by getting his own players in and you know, get getting rid of getting rid of some of the squad as well. So, listen, the, the future's bright for now. Um, let's talk Sunday. And then, you know, I'm sure we can carry on from now. Yeah, totally agree. And um, we've got some listener statements here. Um, Joe K says, already you can see the desire from my from the players. My concern is the fullbacks. I'm not convinced yet with their crossing ability. Look at the top three clubs. They all have top quality fullbacks. We created chances, but it was let down with the end product and delivery today. Uh, Spurs Nuts says this is one for Anthony Costa. Top four looking good. Don't go oh, this no, early, no, Spurs no, no, Nuts. Don't no, go no, this no, early no, just no, yet. I know he's joking. I know he's joking. I'm not sure he's joking. Uh, Russell, <laughs> Russell King says the team are working hard, organised, gaining confidence. Given the lack of time for training and player limitation, is that good? Uh, we can see the, the sessions already by content are delivering some really attractive football. Nathan Lumber says comfortable win with a level position. Good performances from Dyer, Davis, Skip and Son. Um, Sam Lewis's proper team performance that. It was the best we've looked in and out of possession for ages. Stuart Carter says huge result for the first time since the Poch era. We saw patterns of play and attacking intent. We know Conte wants to control games, but we lack the creativity to break down a defence. But our counter-attack is so effective when done well. Uh, Benno says best performance from us in a long time. And I say, where we are going to go next, we're going to go for another quick break. Uh, When we come back, we'll be discussing some of the player performances from that game and then looking ahead, of course, to Norwich to come at the weekend. Phoenix 51 is a powerful employee technology enabling organisations to make data-driven decisions at every stage of the employee journey, from hiring through benchmarking and development too. The platform provides detailed analytics on the most important asset in your business, your people enabling organisations not only to make the correct hiring decisions, but also how to benchmark, train and retain them. Phoenix 51, powering your people decisions through every part of the employee journey. Okay, for our watching audience on YouTube, nearly 600 of you watching us live on the back of that win, of course, against Brentford. Thank you so much, as always, for your support. Um, We've had some, you know, crazy stats coming to the last one on Spurs this week. I think Spotify have released this um, instantaneous... I want to say app or some kind of a measurement that tells you just how many listens people have had to certain podcasts. And I can say, um, I think we had someone come in. I think I've not seen one beat this year. I think it's 30,000 hours of last word on Spurs. I mean, uh, listen, I'm flattered. I'll tell you what, I mean, that That's is quite a incredible. Lot, it? It's, 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 it's a, a lot. lot of hours listening to us. Listening to me and listen, let's be honest about it as well. Listening to a lot of moaning, a lot of ranting in that time of, you know, that. And in the past year, that's been Mourinho. That's been Nuno, and it's been a bit of Conte as well. So, uh, listen, we're covering all bases here. Thank you so much, as always, for the support. I wonder what, I wonder what the, the most listened uh, pod was. Most listened to Tottenham pod or most listened to general pod? No, your one. Your last pod. one on Spurs. Oh, most listened to... What's been the most popular one? What do you reckon um, it is? 
I, I think it's probably Conte coming in. I mean, I think I had an insane okay. amount. I think I've done about a 40, 50,000 um, on, on both YouTube and, let's like say, on, on the podcast, which is, again, is, is down to... Like when we played the Portuguese side for the European... Paco de Ferreira? Yeah, I thought that was, that was a good pod. I think, we, I, think we got, I think we got about eight views on that one. Was that, was that, was that the one out? Subscribers, yeah. Was that, was that the one out where you told me it was ITV, ITV two and catch up? Yeah, Frank, he got us, he got me and Crackers on that one. It was like ITVB, you know the one that no one. <laughs> ITV four, not even B. Four, yeah, catch up, like like you the old catch up, yeah, plus four plus four I plus. Think we, I think we upgraded ourselves. Though. I think the game could get onto Premier Sports. It was that bad. Honestly, I think it was Santana. Jesus, remember the old Premier League Premiership Plus days? Um, right, let's talk about some of the player ratings on that game. I mean, Hugo Lloris, we touched on him earlier. Frankie did, of course, didn't have much to do in 72 minutes when he had to punch away across that was creeping under his crossbar. After that, he made a series of good punches under pressure and stopped a dangerous Tony Cross with his toe. Um, Damonson Sanchez, Frankie and Anthony have this debate all the time. So let's go to Sammy on this. We'll come around to Frankie in a second. I could tell Frank was ready to unleash there. We'll come around to Frankie in a second. But uh, Sammy, it's fair to say, I think uh, last one on Spurs, we put that out last week about uh, you know Bambi on ice with Sanchez in Burnley. Um, but, you know, again tonight, shaky at times, although he did improve and started the move for Spurs' second goal. Is there going to be a re-emergence of Davinson Sanchez under Antonio Conte, or are we done? Well, were we were we there in the first place? I don't, I, I, I don't, I don't, I don't know. Um, it's um, it, I could just say no and leave it at that with a mic drop, but you know, he's um, he worries me. He's inconsistent. Um, you know, you want to at the back. You need leadership. I know we haven't got that anywhere, but you want that from that position. There's none. Um, and uh, yeah, he's just for me completely. He's what obviously got to be one of the first replacements, surely. Um, yeah, not good enough at all. <laughs> you know, he just doesn't look confident, does he? Is his passing there? No, is his touch there? No, um, is his cross there? No, uh, does he make a couple of good tackles? No, um, I mean, he's you know, he, he's a penalty liability. Um, and unfortunately, it hasn't worked for him at Tottenham Oxford. Uh, would I cheer if he scored a goal? Fucking course I would. Do you know what I mean? But I just don't like the guy. Um, he, he doesn't fit into the Tottenham squad. And mm. no, um, I, I had more confidence in Serge Aurier. But again, I'm at the risk of saying we're going backwards. And uh, and that was a that was the definition mm. of a liability. You know. Um, so Sanchez, no go. Hello, back, Sam. So Gary really... Doherty. Sorry, Gary Doherty. I had more confidence in. That's saying saying, Frank, isn't it? Jesus, we're going that yeah. far back. He's, Gary he's, Doherty he's getting enough. more confident. He's not good enough. He gets for such he's a big. So he's not in look at his physique. Look, look, look at Sanchez's physique. He's a big guy. He's muscly. Yeah. He gets bullied mm. off the ball for fun. Yeah. Um, I've said it on this pod before. I say it to anyone that listen. I've seen him against Middlesbrough in the FA Cup a couple of seasons ago. I've seen him misjudge the flight of a long ball three or four times in his Spurs career. Tonight, there was an incident where he wasn't even looking at the ball, where he went down and thought he was injured. He wasn't even looking at the ball. He's looking at everything around him but the ball. And then someone clatters into him. He goes down. Um, he goes down, Frank, doesn't he? That's the problem. All the time. I mean, he falls over he, all the time. He's, he's holding his head. He's hardly been touched. He's looking for sympathy. You want your back, you know, you want someone on your back line to be a gladiator. You want him to get up and scream at the other guy. That's why we like Romero. We like his passion. Romero looks like he's going to kick somebody's head in. 
Yeah. Yeah. I, I, I want to see that. You know. Yeah. Well, obviously, obviously uh, not to put the guy's senses, but I know what you mean. In terms of the. Uh, of course. Of no, sorry, I have put that. Obviously, in terms of. You know, know he, he gets to be screaming at the players. He's, yeah. he, he's you know, I, I like that. That's the passion that you want from your back. Yeah. Going down and holding yourself there and losing momentum of the game just whilst you're holding a different part to your body that you got touched on. It's yeah. you know, he's just he, he, he plays the sympathy boat for me, Ricky. Yeah, no, he's, he's not well coordinated either. He's not well coordinated. It's so easy to twist inside out. Um, yeah. And I, I think we've got to sell him. I think. Levy's got to be realistic with what he's going to recoup from from the fee. £42 million, you're not going to get a quarter of that, possibly. 15 mil will you get for Sanchez? I don't know. But I, he's a liability. Not if you're not listening to this, then, not. No, he's a liability. <laughs> and listen, uh, he's, yeah, he's, he's gone he down £2 million after this, yeah. Well, I don't take any pleasure on coming out on here, I promise you, and slagging individual players off. I don't. But how many chances are we going to give some of these players? And and how no. many mistakes, yeah. how many more mistakes in big games and important moments will it take f- before we sell him? Yeah, that's fair. I mean, listen, I think I say with Sanders, I think everyone has kind of I mean, maybe seen enough to already decide for that. He's not part of the long-term plans in their opinion. <coughs> and let's come around to a defender that um, in his time has divided opinion. But um, so far this season, I've seen comments even on Twitter tonight saying he's been one of our best players, if not the best. And that's Eric Dyer because... Um, it was a dangerous cutting pass that was cleared at the last moment for the corner that led to Spurs opening goal. I mean, defended well on the whole. It was another solid display from the centre-back. Overall, for you and Eric Dyer, have you been quietly yeah, impressed by the season? I've, I've, been a, I've been a very, very critical of, of, of Dyer over the years, on and off. Um, he, he, some patches under Potts, he was brilliant. Under Mourinho, he was good. Then he went, you know, he had some bad, bad games. Conte, he obviously trusts him. He obviously thinks he's can see there's a there's a player to to that he can that he can work with. I haven't got a problem with that. As Frank said, if you can make these players better, I'm all for it. And I think Dyer has improved a hell of a lot. And I'm I, I'm all for, listen. I, I'm happy, but we do need cover for him. We do need another centre half to come in to maybe either partner him or someone to come in and partner Romero. Romero might be out till February now. Yeah, that's a big. It's a big concern. We need, we need, it's a big concern. We need another centre half. Yeah, because um, if you know if Sanchez was to go, if Tanganga say goes out on loan, for example, I'm not saying that he will, but I'm just yeah. throwing it out there. If the Davis might get a knock. Then we are in. You know, we are up. Shit street, so to speak. Yeah. So, no, that, that, that's totally fair to say. I, I think I think you are right. You know, at the moment, you know, we are down to you know have, not having Romero has been so frustrating. You spend all that money on the guy. I mean, we've been really unlucky with the Argentina lads, haven't we? Of course, the Celso, you know, oh. gone away, and you know, again, gone away. I feel like he's not even come back at any point, really. The Celso, in terms of the form, really. Um, on the screen there, Racehorse Red says we've downgraded at right back over and over. Walker to Trippier to Aurea to Doherty and Emerson. We've got to address this position as well. I mean, we did just spend a lot of money on Emerson. Um, I mean, I might be wrong here. I don't think the club are going to be looking any point now to go and look at the right wing back area. I think they've spent a lot of money on Emerson. I think they're going to, like I say, give that time. I mean, I say, of course, he was brought under another manager, but um, you would think as well, Paratigi, knowing Paratigi, and I think knowing him at the time where, of course, let's be honest about it, Nuno, when they bought Emerson in, this was at the January transfer window stage where I don't think everybody was quite convinced of Nuno being here long term. So maybe he already had an eye to think, you know, Emerson would be a defender that could adapt under a different head coach. Um, 
Just to Nathan Evans, we're going to come on to Stephen Bergwijn shortly. We haven't forgotten your comment at all. Uh, ben Davis, coming around to you, Sammy. And um, he forced that own goal that put Spurs ahead early on during that game and sent another looping header to goal that Fernandes grabbed in the air. Made a number of important interceptions at the back. Looked good on the left back of the three. Uh, combining strong defender with getting up the pitch. I mean, listen, we're not all going to sit here and say, listen, he's going to be the next Maldini or he's going to, you know, turn in, you know, to anything more than what we know about Ben Davis. But um, for the moment, I think we've got to say that, you know, he seems to think him as a steady Eddie. Um, someone said to me today, uh, Ricky Sachs, he's got to be at least eight out of 10. Listen, he's doing very well, Ben Davis. I think we all know really long term, I think Ben knows his level and we know his level as well. But all you can ask, Sammy, is for a player to give 100%. And I think there's one thing with Davis, you know, he does give everything when he's out there, doesn't he? Yeah, I mean, you've come to the wrong person with it. I'm Listen, I'm on the fence with Ben Davies. I, I, I don't know whether he's giving one, one million percent, to be honest. And if he is, then, then it's, it's just not good enough. Um, he's, he doesn't get forward enough with the ball. He's had a good game. Yeah, it's yeah. Conte that's getting the best out of these players. So yeah. in answer to your question, Ricky, yes. But it's, it's not what we need at, at Tottenham at the moment. I, you know, I'm not... A, um, I, I feel like I've just been really negative and I'm so happy about the Spurs win. I, you know, I've just not been able yeah. to that. You can mean, it, but it, we are talking about you know, a lot of players that, let's be honest about, I've got, I've overseen for a lot of different managers. I mean, yeah, Frank, correct, yeah. do, you have a, do you have a view, Frank, on Ben Davis? I mean, we do could you do better than Ben Davis, Rick. Come on. Do you understand? We need a, a left side. Frankie, do you understand why he's being picked at the moment or not? Are you still confused as to why? Because you can clearly see that for whatever reason he's picking him. And he is getting more out of him than I think another couple of managers have done. I'm not, and I'm, again, I'm the same as you, Frankie. I know we can do better and we have to do better. But are you comfortable with him playing there until we do have the opportunity to upgrade upon him in January? We've got limited options. Let's be totally honest. We haven't. We, we've switched from a back four to a back three, a back five, sorry. So that straight away, you need an extra centre half. We wasn't prepared in the summer because we didn't have Conte as our manager to play three, four, three, or three, five, two, or three at the back. So we are short on centre-halves. But I think the one thing with Ben Davies, under Jose, under Poch, under Nuno, they've all made him captain at one point. So from what I hear and what I know, he's a fantastic professional, um, lives the life, committed to the cause. But again, like Conte said recently, you can have all of the endeavour and all the effort in the world, but you need quality to, to climb up the table and compete for, for the top four spots. And unfortunately... Again, I'll get rid of him next summer. But from, from now until the summer, obviously, it seems like he's going to have to play by default. Um, so there we go. Yeah, I mean, uh, let's come on to one of the wing backs. Frankie, we'll actually stick with you on this one. And um, I want to give out a positive player to talk about um, to kind of, like I say, raise, raise the roof as such. But uh, Frankie, Sergio Regulon, he got into a lot of plenty of dangerous positions on that down that left-hand side. His quality was lacking really until that 65th minute when he sprinted onto Kane's pass, picked out sort of score that inch-perfect ball across. Um, I think, Frankie, I don't know what you think, I feel like he's getting to grips with that wing-back role. And it's all about consistency, isn't it? I'll send this to Ant on half-time over the phone that, you know, if only he had consistency in his game and the delivery, I mean, he'd be top class. Do you think that will come in time under Conte? Well, I think he's he's got a proper coach with him now. He's going to work him. I think the wing-back role suits him. Although, again, he needs to improve his quality on the ball, his quality of crossing. Um, he's getting better with his timing of the runs. Um, it helps him playing with a left-sided, left-footed, left-sided centre-back, I think. Um, in, but in the first half, we had so many opportunities where we got him behind their right-hand side and we did lack that quality. But I think, personally, he will be, and for Brizzo Romano, your, your man, he actually said this, that he feels that he will be one of the standout improved players under Conte. He feels that there's so much potential there. 
and he feels that Conte can work his magic on him and, and get a great player out of Regulon because we still haven't seen the best of Regulon. We haven't. It's all been patchy, his form since he signed. Um, he's blown hot and cold. But I feel that there is definitely a player in there and he's 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 I think he's gonna improve. I, yeah, I do. And I, I think I he'll think be a he key player for us. I, I think mm. he's one of the most improved under Conte. Already. Already, 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 yeah. already. If, oh, if you were to look at the comment. immediate the immediate response from the limited um you know uh, time that we've seen with, with Conte, uh, Reggie's the one for me that's that's given the most. I, I really rate him. I, I had him tonight, I had him next to Skipper's potential man of the match. Um, and you know, you uh, that that's just my opinion. I think he was brilliant, he was good, he was good. And I think it, it was telling as well that he actually called Hakimi, um, who he's friends with, um, mm. who played under Conte for Inter Milan, and obviously yeah. asked him lots of questions, wanted to understand Conte's demands were, what he'd want from him. And Hakimi, obviously, the feedback to him was you'll improve a lot. And uh, I think he'll be a key player under Conte, um, now moving forward. I do. Yeah, let's talk about a player that everybody's getting very, very excited at the moment, which means this man will keep him down to the ground, firmly on the ground, Andy Costa. And Oliver Skip, uh, plenty of early tackles, interceptions, and tried to quickly get away from, um, you know, getting Spurs up that pitch. Broke away early in that second half, and a great ball in a cane, that perfect ball. Um, I think he's shown exactly why Conte has joined the list of Spurs managers who firmly believe he has a bright future ahead yeah. of him. And so Again tonight, I think uh, Spurs legend Glenn Hoddle giving him the man of the match for that performance. How impressed are you at Oliver Skip? And is he now for really you impressed, one of the, mate. Is he the first name on the team sheet or one of the first few? Yeah, he's one of the first, 100%. I think he gives his all. As we said from the start of this, of this um, the pod tonight, and Frank said, you want to give 100%. Skip certainly does that. Um, well, when he ain't got the ball, he's chasing. When he's got the ball, he's, he's looking for them passes. The through ball tonight to Kane, brilliant. That, we haven't had that for a very, very long time. Um, and he has got it in his locker because you saw it last year at Norwich. I know it's two different um, uh, two different leagues, but Oli has come in and it's as if he's, he's been there for years. And, and that's what I like. He's, he's, he's got an old head on a young man's shoulders. And um, yeah, I think he's, uh, he's definitely um, Spurs' future captain for sure. And some lovely comments from Conte. I know, Frankie, you picked up on these. Um, uh, let's come to you, Frankie, on him. He says, uh, Conte, lots of space for improvement on Skippy. He played with a lot of heart and soul. He doesn't care if he's 21 years old. Today, he played well, but I think he can improve a lot in possession technically. We're talking about a very important prospect. The present and the future, it's down to him. If he wants to become a top midfielder, he can be a top midfielder. He has the desire. I mean, what yeah. comments that is, Frank, from um, Antonio Conte, one of the best managers in the world that has worked with some of the best players in the world. That's got to give Skippy massive confidence, hasn't it? Well, if Pochettino said he's a future Tottenham captain, potentially England captain. Um, Jose Mourinho said the same. And now Antonio Conte. Um, he's got so much potential, Skippy. He's had a bit of a rough ride, I think, from our fan base at times this season because he's been sort of... He was at Norwich last season in the Championship. So, essentially, what we've done, we've signed a, a centre midfielder from Norwich as a starting player this season. A young player. I know, obviously, we haven't, but technically, that's sort of what we've done. And um, a few of the fans were getting on his back on social media and so on, which I thought was unjust. Um, I think he's got better as the season progressed. I think he's got a very high ceiling. Um, you can tell, again, he's another one. He's a top professional. He lives the life and he's committed to the cause. And you can see he puts 110% into every game he plays for us. Tonight, he was like an animal. He, he loves a tackle. You need that in your engine room. He's not scared. He's, he plays with no fear. And if Conte can, if Conte said that about him and he can improve him on the on the ball, then we've got a gym. 
Totally agree. Sammy, let's get your thoughts on Skippy. I think we had a question in here about him. Um, this is from Benno, who says, Skippy, just brilliant going forward. Great to see a player that's given us so much impact in terms of moving up the pitch. For you, do you feel like, say, with Skippy now, he is one of the first names on the team sheet? Yeah, I do. Yeah, yeah, I do. And back to him from the beginning, I think what's really funny is, obviously, I've got, I, I'm, in, I'm in the north. So pretty much majority of people, Man United, Liverpool and whatnot. And we know Skippy's journey. We've seen it come up with, you know, we've followed it coming up into the first team. And I've got, I've had a lot of friends going, who's this guy? You know, oh, laughing at it. And I've said, listen, this is a real good prospect. Now they're sitting up and paying attention to him. And, you know, he is um, future captain, uh, I think, of, of Tottenham. Yeah, I'd like to place that bet. No problem at all. Um, and... We definitely, Conte's definitely going to get the best out of him. We've definitely not seen the best of him. He's playing through balls like that to Kane. And he's, he's just getting started. Yeah. How can you not be excited about that? He is one of the main positives of Tottenham Hotspur at the moment. Totally agree. Um, and let's come to you. I want to ask you about Pierre Mihoibier. Now, it's interesting because I'll say, because we do this show after every single game, um, you get, obviously, like I say, a, a different impression of a player when you do these shows. Now, um, Hoiby, I think it's fair to say, you know, he's he's taken some stick from a lot of Spurs fans. And, you know, we do these shows, like I say, the comments are always now really diverse on Hoiby. Yeah. He denied by the keeper's face before half time. He set an effort into the side netting after the break. Got up and down the pitch to contribute at both ends. Uh, for you, Aunt Jeremy, I want to ask you, is Hoiby's position in the team under threat long term or for you, is his leadership qualities enough for you to say he does deserve a start in that team? Yeah, it's the, it's the latter. It is the latter. I think if there was someone someone better on the ball than him, uh, you know, in his position and obviously better on the ball, but not as, uh, what's the word? Not as sort of like a leader type bloke, then he wouldn't be playing. It would be Hoybier all the time because he's very vocal. He gets stuck in, he tackles, he does break up play. Does he do enough? Probably not. But if you had 11 Hoybiers, yeah, you just said it now. Yeah, I've just seen it. Hoybier, the Danish Stefan Freud. That, that's, that's a great... Is that great is that is that right or is that harsh? I think yeah. he's got a bit more quality than Freud. He's got four, four Premier League goals this season. No, yeah. Come no, on. Listen, he has I mean, got I'm... much more quality to his game. Much more than Freud, absolutely. But if there was someone better than him in the side in the first, yeah, totally, I agree. Spread, I agree. Would he, be better? In, if, would he be getting in if he wasn't that vocal? Probably not. So you've mm. got you need that type of player in the team because he does what he does. And does he do it good? Yes, he does. Is he's a six, seven, out eight, maybe eight out of ten player? He's mm. never I think, yeah, I, I don't. You think he's I mean, a world class player? Is he? No, I think the thing was well with Hoybier, I've said this before, that when you compare Hoybier to when we had Dembele, Wanyama in the team, I mean, let's be honest about it, he wouldn't get anywhere near that midfield duo. But I think, again, you know, a lot of fans are saying this tonight, you know, we have to remember just where Spurs are right now. We, we want, we're not of that level that we was all those years ago. I mean, Frankie, for you, you know, Nathan says on the screen there, is he future captain material? Do you think he'll be at Spurs that long enough to, to be up there for the reckoning for that? I don't know. I mean, he's got the right attitude. He's got a lot of character. Um, he shows a lot of desire. But I just feel that on the ball, technically, he's not the best 
Um, I, I love Hoiberg. When we were going through a really bad spell under Jose, he was one of the only players yeah. that seemed to give a, give a shit. Yeah. Um, and I'll always respect him for that. But if we're talking about progression on the ball, if we're going to play this system uh, with a ball winner and, and somebody's got to be a bit better on the ball, maybe Hoiberg and Skip can play in, you know, rotate. And then we, we have, again, we need a midfielder who's going to look after the football, who's yeah. technically sound on the football, can pass through the lines and, um, and, and gives us more than them to do on the ball. Mm. Um, and again, somebody said in the comments, lads, it's Brentford. It is Brentford. We've got to be realistic. I mean, yeah. I said yeah, that at the beginning. Yeah. I, I, there's a lot of positive yeah. signs. I'm yeah. encouraged. But against better yeah. teams, you have to look after the ball better. And yeah. when we're under more pressure, as Sammy said, from a Liverpool or Manchester City, and there's less mm. time to think about it, we do need better quality in the centre and midfield. And that's been a big issue for us for a few mm. years now. Yeah. What exactly. I do like about yeah. cannot you cannot fault his passion for this club. Yeah. Yeah, you know, last season he must have played 60, 65 games. The bloke was yeah. knackered. Went from the premier premiership season straight into the Euros and back again, and and hasn't been hasn't and started nearly every game this season. So the bloke is knackered. We've got no one else in that position to no. come in to, yeah. to to challenge him. Maybe he does want a challenge. Maybe he does want a you know a job. You know, someone to come along and a young up and coming player to challenge him. He'll probably thrive on that. And yeah. rightly so. But it's, fu- it's funny, isn't it, mate? Because I, I, I don't, you, I don't, you think, and the thing is, that if he wasn't in the team, I think there'd be plenty of people saying, "Why is he not playing?" Because yeah, I mean, let's I agree about with our, that. I agree our, with that. Our, our midfield options at the moment. I mean, listen, let's be honest about it. No one really fancies Winks. No one really fancies Delhi. So if Hoybier is coming out, who are you putting in there? Yeah. Do, do you see what I, coming I from? have to say, Ricky, if you don't mind, mm. I have to, this is probably one of the best questions you've asked because it mm. te- he tears my head apart, Hoybier. He, I'm like this and this. Because he has me, I have mixed reviews in my own head about him because of his performance and his talent, and then his passion proves otherwise. You know, it's just it's he's loyally strong. I think the answer to the question for me would be really, really simple: is what we need now. Because and because what we need now is exactly what our manager has given us, and that's passion and one hundred and ten percent and everything, and that's yeah. exactly what Huber gives. So my yeah. answer is he needs to be in. Yeah, no, I know, and that's fair. I mean, yeah. again, with Hoybier, like I say, um, listen, it's it's like anything. He's not gonna, you know, you're not gonna please everybody. And I mean, Winks tonight. I won't uh, generalise him as a subject because I know where the show could go if we do that. Um, but he had a he had a bright cameo with a lovely curling ball for the Son and a back heel to skip. Um, Lucas Mora forcing the keeper into an early save in that I mean, six minutes. He also also worked hard. His pressing led to opportunities, but he was just lacking that decisive quality. Lacking all the time, man. It just runs around. Yeah. He does get into positions. You think, oh, I yeah. have a pop. And he never does. Not good enough. We've got to upgrade Lucas Mora. I'm sorry. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm sorry. This is the constant sorry. theme, isn't it, with Mora? Because the thing is, I mean, again, you'll speak to Spurs fans that love the passion. But, I mean, with Mora, again, it is so frustrating that the lack of end product there with him. And, uh, I, 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 again, Frankie, and I, I share your frustrations. Um, I mean, we've done so much on Mora recently. But I, I do want to talk about Harry Kane. Uh, Sammy, we'll start with you on Kane. He played a Lucas in for the box for an early save. He had a big chance only in the second half, only to fire his shot at the keeper. Sent regular away to set up Son for Spurs' second goal. I mean, he got through plenty of work up front and used the ball well. But he should have scored his big chance, and he'll know it personally. With Kane, Sammy, have you got any concern the goal's are drying up, or do you think he will go on um, a goal rush in 2022? Yeah, I am concerned about Harry Kane. I, I, I am. Um, you know, everybody, the people that 
don't have Harry Kane in their team. So every other team, you know, are, are just really fast to say he's passed it. He's had his best, blah, blah, blah. You know, he's slowed down. He does look slower. He looks tired. He, he, he does. He looks like he's holding it up a lot more. But as we mentioned before, he is dropping back because the creative chances aren't being played to him. Harry Kane should be on the line. He should be there. He should be ready to play off it. He's, an, he's a prolific goal scorer. He lives to put that ball in the back of the net. And he ain't putting the ball in the back of the net when he's in midfield creating chances for other people. So, um, but, it, and it, but he does that superbly. It's so frustrating. Um you know, I back him and, and and he can have... One day he looks like he's playing for Barcelona. The next day he looks like he's playing for Accrington Stanley. I don't get mm. it. He's not... Yeah. He's just... He, he really is hot and cold, Harry Kane. But he's, he's not at his best. Um, mm. and, and I think it will certainly do him a world of good when, um, uh, when, when we've got some backup for him, you know? Yeah. Do you know what I mean, Sammy? You're going to be on the show. Sorry, quite just, quick, just quickly, he shouldn't oh, be playing yeah. against Mora. He should not be playing against in, in them, those games. That's that why he's knackered. A, he has to play every game. Frank, Frankie, was that a confidence boost to try and get him to go, get some goals? Wasn't it? I don't, I don't know because he, he shouldn't be because he's scoring goals for England and he's scoring goals in the cup for us. And and you know, I've come on record and said only an idiot would doubt Harry Kane. Mm. I get he's contributing, as Sammy I feel, said. I feel like said. I'm an idiot. I feel like I'm an idiot at the moment, though, Frankie. But, but no, I feel, I feel like, like an idiot because I keep saying it. But Sammy's right. He's a number nine. We need him We need him in the box. I mean, the amount of times he drops off, we go down the line. And if, if a quality ball was put into the box, tonight there was only Lucas oh, yeah. or Son in that position. It's because he's frustrated. But he, just, I said it earlier in the show. He looks a bit leggy. There's something not right. And there was a comment that just popped up on the screen saying, don't worry about Harry Kane. One goal in 12 Premier League games. I'm starting to get concerned. I'm not going to lie. Mm. I mean, and I mean, listen. We know what happened in the summer with Kane and what went before. Uh, are you concerned? At with Harry, with Harry Kane, or, or are you? Do we? Do you feel like you look like an idiot with Kane? No, of course not. I mean, the bloke has the bloke is quality, but this season, it, I think it's just got on top of him. The bloke is knackered, mate. We haven't got no one to challenge him. There's no other striker to come in and give him a give him a little rest here and there. These players do deserve a rest. I'm not saying that they don't, but when when, when Kane is playing 60, 70 games, playing against, you know, Moores of this world and Vitesse Arnhem and Renz and next week and this one, you know, there's no one to challenge him. So he's going he's gonna to get knackered and that's why he drops deep because his legs are probably going, you know? And, and, and uh, someone says there, you know, he hasn't had a pre-season. Yeah, I mean, that's H there on the same... Green there says hasn't had a preseason, but I mean that. I mean, there's been so much that's gone on throughout the summer. I mean, do you think as anyone? I mean, Mark says there, Kane's still on the Florida beach. Yeah. Sammy, is he? Did you think Kane's head is away from Spurs still with Conte here? He seemed very no, confident. I, I, no, I actually think he's paying attention now, but he's just still not all there. I think Kane. No, I think he's back in terms of being committed, not back in terms of being uh, performing where he should be. And that's two completely different things. I think Conte is waking him up. And you get woken up by being worked hard and reminded, you know, exactly where your place is in the squad. Obviously, let's not go backwards again. But Kane, we had a period with Kane, you know, where you know he was in control. It was he, he was he was dictating what he was doing. Antonio Conte is not going to have that. He's working the you, you think how tired Kane is now, and Conte is absolutely drilling him. Jesus Christ, the guy's not even allowed to uh, catch up on his hamburger. So, I mean, at the end of the day, the, he, he's, he's knackered. Do you know? Um, so, I do think Conte 
could mould him. You know, I, I was praying it would be Mourinho, to be fair. You know, as, as it, was, it was Mourinho, wasn't it? I mean, it was, this was, it was Mourinho. It was, yeah, but he's, he, he's just filtered his that passion. It just died off, didn't it? I was worried whether he wanted to be at Spurs anymore and all that saga that we had. I think he's back committed to Spurs. I think Conte will get him back to best. But at the moment, he just isn't 100%. Do, do you think that, Sammy? Hand on heart, do you think he's 100% committed to the cause? Because that was quite a big thing for him to go through. He said it himself in the summer. Yeah. Um, yeah, for his family I, I, as well, Frank. Well. In, in his for head. His, for his family he, as well. He, well, of course. They're all Tottenham fans. And in his head, he was he was at Man City. There's, that's a fact. He thought he that deal was done. And I think, it's, again, it's a cocktail of a few things. Uh, the fact that pre-seasons are so important to footballers. Do not underestimate a, a good pre-season. The fact he's played a lot of football. The fact he didn't think he was going to be at the club. And also confidence in the Premier League. That's got a weigh on your mind. If one goal in 12 games, that's unheard of since he broke into the first team. Mm. And I know he's got the quality. Again, off the um, away from goal scoring, he still contributes. He's not like an Aubameyang. When Aubameyang doesn't score, he's, he's non-existent. Kane still contributes in the build-up to Kane's still involved, to yes. He's yes. still involved, but mm. for, for him, one goal in 12 league games, something is yeah, really. not right. No, yeah, something's I mean, not right, but I do think he's... I do think he's... Something's changed, you know, even... Mm. I think people have picked up on the fact that he started hashtagging uh, come on, you Spurs again. and stuff. Oh, yeah, the coys have gone back up now. Yeah, coys have gone back up. Just little things. I just... I don't know. Call it a hunch. Call it a feeling. Yeah. I feel I mean, like he's back yeah. in Tottenham, and, you, and 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 now he is. I just want to, I want to see him doing what he does best. Um, mm. But he doesn't do it uh, 40, yard, 40, 50 yards away from where he's supposed to be. <laughs> yeah, I mean, uh, Nathan on the screen says, Kane, 28, doesn't make no sense. Aguero was scoring goals for fun when he was 31 at Man City. It's the lack of a second striker causing this. I mean, how many times have we said that? The lack of oh, competition sorry, throughout the squad. We've run him into the ground, haven't we? Let's be honest, since he broke into yeah. the first team. He, out of all the players... Over a consistent five, six-year period, we have run him into the ground. And that is Daniel Levy never getting another striker to either back up or uh, compete with him of a high quality. Not a, not a statue like Laurenti, who's done all right for us, but let's have it right. He's not a top, top-level striker. No. Not Vincent yeah. Yanton, a proper proper player to compete mm. or, or rotate with him. He hasn't had that in his entire no. first career. Mm. And I'll say, again, the Spurs have got any ambitions of, you know, being a top-four club, you know... You, you have to have more than one striker. And Dane Scarlett, bless him, is a young kid who really should be out on loan. But we know the uh, the rules around the Premier League uh, restrictions of young players around that age. Obviously, stops him from doing that. Um, Jaffet Tanganga replaced Emerson late on another chance in the final seconds, but it was blocked. Stephen Bervine came on for Son in the final minutes. And uh, just out of respect for Nathan Evans, who put a question on Bergvine very, very early into the show, which we'll try and find, Nathan. If you want to post that again or send it back through, we can try and do that. I'll come to Sammy on him, though, generally. Stephen Bergwijn. There's been reports, Sammy, um, of him being the way of a move from Spurs, but Conte came out and said you know, he actually is working with Bergwijn on him becoming, as a, the irony is now about a second striker, I think he's working on him becoming Spurs' striker in training because of our lack of options up top. Could that be an option for Bergwijn? Well, it, yeah, it's worrying, isn't it? That, that first and foremost, um, to say that he's the backup, it is. But actually, if Conte's working with him, I'm confident. You know, he's got he's, he is class. He's he's got some. He, he's got a lot of skill. Um, I loved it in the City game when he when he scored that amazing that you know that hair raising goal and um, and he's got a few good passes under his belt. I don't think we've seen the best of him at all. Um, is if there's a manager to get it out of him, it's 
it's Conte. Do I want him to see him? Do I want to see him leading my front three? This is a completely different question. You know, um, no is the answer. Um, you know, he, for, for me, I'd like him to sit back, provide, and when he gets the chance, have a crack. Um, but I definitely don't think he, he, he's, he's, a, he's a striker option for me, especially not yeah. to replace the likes of Harry Kane. Yeah. Um, um, we'll have to see. We'll have to see indeed. After the game, Antonio Conte said, today a good win. It's three points against a team that isn't easy to play against in Brentford. We showed great desire to get three points and great desire to win. We can improve and we have a lot of space for improvement in possession. For sure, let's say, um, without the ball, we did well and put pressure on them. And I want to see more of this to make difficulty for our opponents to play the ball will continue to work to improve. He was asked the difference tonight compared to Mora, and he says, you can learn a lot about a loss than a win, but for sure the defeat against Mora hurts us. Conte admits Spurs used that Burnley postponement to their advantage, as Frank picked up on earlier in the week. He said, I have to be honest and tell you, we exploited that situation. Every single moment we have, we exploit and try to bring my philosophy into the mind of my players. And again, I think we can all safely say um, we are seeing... You know, some patterns of play now in terms of the way Conte wants this Spurs team to play. And um, I think we are getting slightly excited. Although, like I say, it's kind of mellowed now. The smile's going from Frankie. And it's like he's about ready to go to bed. Sammy's still buzzing. Sorry, so mate, are, I've got an early start. Sorry, what we are going to do for Ant's sake as well, for all of us, we're going to take our final break of the show for our listeners on audio. You're going to hear from a range of different Norwich podcasters that are very kindly giving us their thoughts ahead of this game. And then... We're going to try and give a quick prediction on Norwich and hopefully Ant is awake to tell us the prediction. Hi, everyone. Thank you to Ricky for asking me on the last word on Spurs podcast. Really looking forward to kind of giving a little chat in the, last, in the next five minutes all about Norwich. I'm Jacob uh, from Canarycast, Norwich City fan channel. All talk about Norwich, of course, and we're looking forward to this game on Sunday. Finally, something positive to speak about in the last few games with with Dean Smith coming in, in, to, in to replace Daniel Farker because it looked like it was going to be a, a long old season just before uh, the Brentford game. Ten games, two points. It looked like, like I said, it was going to be a very long, long, hard, difficult season and <laughs> potentially there was talks of uh, maybe even beating that horrendous derby record. But after the 2-1 win, obviously Daniel Farker got fired. Um, it was a good win against Brentford. Kind of rode out the storm in that second half. But um, yeah, at the time of recording, you you guys haven't played them yet and fingers crossed you absolutely batter them. I've kept a little bit of a uh, look at Spurs because all my family are ironically Spurs fans. So they're probably the second most uh, watched team in, in the household. So uh, yeah, looking forward to the game though. We've, we've had a decent record, had some close games, especially a couple of years ago. Crew 2-2 two, two at home, obviously 2-1 away and then beat you in the FA Cup, which I'm sure you guys don't really want to remember. But yeah, it's a completely different Norwich City side now, especially with Dean Smith in charge. Could have taken the opportunity to beat in a 10-man Newcastle the other day on on uh, Amazon. It was really, really disappointing to the performance more more than the result because a result away at Newcastle, a point away, is, is solid for us, especially if you're not going to uh, win the game, don't lose it. But it was just the way, obviously, they went down to 10 men and Norwich just did not take any kind of grasp on that game then went 1-0 down and thankfully Timu Puki bailed us out who uh, scored I know against you guys before that infamous uh, that infamous VAR disallowed goal as well will live long in the memory for every single Norwich City fan if you ever ask them about Norwich versus Tottenham um, what kind of team will Norwich kind of line up with well it's tricky with injuries at the minute Matthias Norman who's been brilliant in our midfield has kind of got a pelvis injury that's been an ongoing issue and he was, came off against Wolves at the weekend <laughs> Missed the Newcastle game and he's huge for us. 
Um, so he could be still missing if they're seeing if he needs a, an operation on that or if they can kind of keep him going with just injections and everything. Milot Rashika, who's been uh, probably our second best player since Smith jo- uh, joined the club, also missed the Newcastle game after slipping over in, in uh, training and getting a groin injury. So that was again a shame. Both of them missing. Hopefully Milot is back for the weekend, probably more likely to be than, than what Mateus Norman is, but we'll wait and see on that one. He'll probably be a 4-3-3 for Norwich. You're looking at the likes of Tim Krull, Max Ahrens, who's been linked with you guys quite a, quite a lot before. Um, and I'd be surprised if he he uh, doesn't go and, and move on, especially if especially if Norwich go down this season. He will be uh, he will definitely be moving on. Then you get looking at Grant Halley and Ben Gibson, very experienced two central defenders who have been pretty solid since Dean Smith. Gibson a lot more solid than Hanley, who who has got a mistake in him, as I'm sure people have watched before when he's been in the Premier League. Then left back will be an interesting one because um, Brandon Williams has performed well recently, but Dimi Janoulis offers a great width against Newcastle. Then the midfield three, like I said, if Norman's not in there, then it will be Rook, Billy G- Chelsea's Billy Gilmore, who I'm sure, like I say, you guys will know. And then Kenny McLean as well. On the flanks, if Rahika's fit, he will start. If not, it could be Josh Sargent, Christoph Jolis, slash Todd Cantwell, or, and then up front, the main, any kind of threat we have really, Timu Puki who is in very good form, fantastic goal against Newcastle, still not really being given the service he needs to at this level. If he did, then he would score a hell of a lot more goals. Um, so yeah, he's got five at the minute, which is obviously a hell of a lot more than Harry Kane at time of recording. If he goes and scores six against Brentford, I'll be very happy. And uh, I don't care if he's in front of the team with Pookie at that point. As long as you batter Brentford, I really couldn't care. And then give us a point, that would be lovely. Um, Tactics-wise, I think we'll be quite deep to begin with. Um, we did that against Newcastle before they got the red card, kind of lulled them in. Obviously, with a Conte back five, that'd be fascinating to see how that that's still kind of in transition, really. And if he keeps that against Norwich, that'll probably help us, really, um, which can sometimes be a problem against us. And I think with, with wing-backs rather than wingers going in against us, um, that can probably help us kind of, you know, be a bit more defensively solid. We're, we're very narrow as well at the moment under Smith, kind of allowing balls into the box, crosses, but then defending our box very well. And not, then not counter-attacking, just kind of growing into the game. It almost seems like the first half a bit of a, right, let's keep in the game, let's only keep it one goal. And then the second half, we then up the press, uh, really going quite aggressively on on the opposition team, which we've done against against like South, of Southampton, which we turned the game around one. Wolves, which we should have won, absolutely battered them, really, especially in that second half. It's so disappointing we didn't win that game. Then Newcastle, which, to be fair, was a completely uh, different one in terms of possession, only because of the red card. Again, they had a massive opportunity at the end to win that. So we're in good form, in the best form we have been for years and years in terms of four unbeaten games. Looking back with the Brentford one as well before Daniel Farker left. This Norwich couldn't face Spurs probably at a better time, to be fair as well. Conte's still trying to find out what his team is. Obviously embarrassing result in Europe. I know it was quite a few fringe players. Sonny at the minute for me doesn't look fully on it, um, which is good for us. I'm sure he played a pivotal role in, in the 2-1 win against us a couple of years ago. It was was I think that was when Kane was injured as well. Harry Kane loves a goal against us, was obviously horrendous for Norwich, but uh, it was a long time ago in his career when he was kind of uh, loaned out here, there and everywhere and didn't really get an opportunity. Got an injury before uh, before uh, he really could get a run of games, but yeah, it was poor in the games before when he played for Norwich. So I'm sure he'll go and score against us at the weekend. Ollie Skip as well. Oh, Norwich fans absolutely love him, probably equally as much as, as the Spurs fans, what we would have done to have him in this side this season, I think. With Dean Smith and Ollie skipping that team, Norwich would quite comfortably be staying up this season. He was that much of a difference for us last year. Such a brilliant, brilliant player for us. And he'll get a good reception from the Norwich fans, especially away from 
away. And then when they when he comes back to Cow Road as well later on in the season, he'll definitely get another one. But uh, yeah, in terms of like I say, first half will kind of be keeping it tight, quite narrow defensively, allow balls into the box. Got to keep tight on Kane, obviously, whilst only scoring one goal this year. We know how much of a threat he is, Sonny as well. Like I say, whilst for me, seemingly seems a little not off the boil, but just not on on his top form as he has been in recent years. And obviously, Lucas as well can carry the ball well. I think that that he could be quite pivotal against us because uh, we struggle when we did against their maximum. Whenever the player who can pick it up, run with it at pace, beat three or four men. I know he's quite inconsistent with that final ball, but he could really get his team up the pitch, uh, Lucas. Spurs will definitely have all of the ball. I'm, I'm absolutely 100% on that. Um, and Norwich second half will try and really push on and hopefully try and get a point. I think we'll be we'll be a lot more, or we have been a lot more solid under Smith. Hopefully that will continue against Spurs. I'm going to go high overhead for, <laughs> for a prediction and say 1-1. I'd absolutely love a draw. We'd take it all day long. It'll be, I think it'll be quite close. Like I say, Spurs not on form. Norwich are... We'd love a result there. It is kind of a free hit for Norwich. I don't like using those words, but it's all the pressure is on Spurs and, and, and Conte to, to make the difference. But so, yeah, hopefully Kane can stay off form and Sonny and Norwich can, you know, nick a draw, maybe even a win. But yeah, much appreciated, Ricky, for having us on, mate. Best of luck for the rest of the season. Best of bad luck <laughs> for Sunday. Uh, hopefully Norwich can, uh, can pull off a bit of a shock there and, and continue our upward form. But uh, yeah, looking forward to seeing the game. Thanks for having me on. You can see us all on CanaryCast, everywhere on socials. And uh, yeah, look forward to the game. Thanks, guys. Speak to you again soon. Cheers. Hello, all. Dave Freezer from the Eastern Daily Press and Norwich Evening News here. It's been an interesting time to cover Norwich. This last month has been particularly hectic after Daniel Farkle was sacked after a 2-1 win at Brentford. Uh, after a pretty dreadful start to the season, a tough fixture list lost their opening six games following promotion. They'd had a COVID outbreak during pre-season, all those sorts of things. But they are for unbeaten. I'm summing up the two games in the last week as it felt like a nil-nil win against Wolves, but a 1-1 defeat to Newcastle. But they did both end up as draws. Norwich are back in touch with survival and things are looking up. They are showing more signs defensively. Dean Smith has come in and got them pressing really hard. They're pushing higher up the pitch. They're accepting that they're not necessarily going to be able to dictate play all the time. And that was part of the problem really at Newcastle on Tuesday night where psychologically they didn't quite get their heads around the fact that Newcastle had gone down to 10 men after 10 minutes and all of a sudden Norwich were in control of the game. I think they had 69% of possession. That wasn't how they'd gone into the game expecting to play. They'd expected Newcastle to really go at them in that pursuit of the first win of the season for them. Eddie Howe's first game in the dugout, they expected to come under heavy pressure. But Newcastle essentially had to park the bus and, and go negative. And Norwich just didn't manage to make the tactical tweaks to make it work. In the end, they managed to get back into the game a, because of a brilliant finish from Tamu Puki, uh, but B, Dimitrius Yanoulis, Greek international left back. He come off the bench in the 73rd minute. Six minutes later, shows a good bit of calm, just a dink across into the box that Puki then finished left-footed into the top left corner on the volley. Really, really good goal. Um, bailed Norwich out, really. They, they got out of jail because they hadn't been playing particularly well. They should have probably won it, though. Pierre Lesmalou had been a half-time substitute, French midfielder, and he went clean through in the third minute of injury time and Martin Dubravka made the save, but he really should have been finishing it off there and then they really would have been in a good position. But at least drawing keeps Newcastle three points adrift at the bottom of the table and still 
winless. So one of the selection issues will be whether Yanulis comes in for Manchester United loanee Brandon Williams at left back. I don't think Smith will change that because Williams is generally better defensively. Yanulis is better going forward and and is left footed. So they almost need to combine those two players really to get the left back that they that they need. But uh, Grant Hanley, Ben Gibson are the experienced centre back partnership. I don't see Smith breaking them up anytime soon, although they have two very highly rated uh, prospects pushing hard in Ozan Kabak and Andrew Omabamadeli, who is an Ireland international already. Max Aarons is first choice at right back. I'm sure Spurs fans are well aware of Max. He's been linked with Tottenham enough times in recent years. Uh, Jose Mourinho su- supposedly wasn't convinced about his size. He's very much the uh, first choice right back at Norwich, and I'd be shocked if he wasn't playing unless he had uh, an issue. Tim Krul, of, Krul, of course, number one, pretty much undisputed. He uh, just um, he is on the verge of getting his 50th Premier League clean sheet of his career. Very experienced, uh, good with the distribution side of things as well. Norwich's best player this season has been Matthias Norman, Norway international, central midfielder, deep lying, likes to really dart long passes around the pitch. Don't always come off, but he's really got an eye for it. And he's uh, scored a good goal in the win at Brentford. He's got a good shooting from long range, but he's missed. Uh, he missed the game at Newcastle. He went off during the first half against Wolves on Saturday. He's got a pelvis ligament issue and there he's having to see a specialist. So we shall see whether he can come back into things. But Norwich essentially have been playing a, a 4-3-3 come 4-1-4-1 under Smith. So it depends who plays the deeper role, whether it's Billy Gilmore or Lucas Rupp, essentially. And then Kenny McLean provides the the energy as well in that midfield. I think Smith will probably go with them unless uh, unless Norman is available again, but we shall see. But the big problem really at Newcastle on Tuesday night was that Milot Rashica, winger, left winger, Kosovan international, he'd had a fantastic game against Wolves. He just tweaked his groin a little bit the day before the game and had to drop out. And also, Todd Campwell couldn't come in for him because he got a COVID ping as a close contact of someone who, who did have COVID, hasn't got symptoms, and they're, as I'm recording at the moment, they are hoping that he will be back involved for that game. So that was three big players that they were missing. Um, if Rashitz is back, almost certainly starts on the left wing. Probably Josh Sargent keeps his place on the right wing just for his hard graft. And of course, Tamer Puki starts up front. We'll come round and start with you for this game. It's it's you know it's it's two home games back to back. I think I've got the pleasure out of you joining me again on Sunday. Uh, we, oh, we, so. picked, we we picked these fixtures very kindly, didn't we, to try and uh, get you on for back to back Spurs wins on the last one on Spurs, which. Uh, Frank, have you, have you had the pleasure of that yet, Frank? I'm not sure you've had, have you? No, I don't, but no, I think no. Anne needs it more than me because there's a lot in the comments. There's been a lot in the comments over this season and we've had discussions ourselves. There's a lot of concerned fans for Anne's heart rate, heart health, stress levels. So yeah. I'm just, I'm happy for Anne. I don't mind if I can take the hits for Anne and keep his heart rate down. I'm willing to take the hits. Look at that Nicky, what is it? Anne, you look like Delia, mate. Away to your bed. Oh, bless you, mate. Yeah, I've got no start in the morning. I've got to be up at six o'clock. Um, no, Let's what, get your thoughts on it. Norwich, Norwich at the weekend. I mean, listen, it's a game again on paper. Spurs should win, but I will say they're, they are unbeaten under Dean Smith so far, aren't oh, they? Oh, good. Oh, brilliant. Love that. Well, yeah. well listen... Records are listen. Records are there. Records are there to be broken, right? And um, listen. Whilst he's had a good start, I mean, Spurs at home under Conte, uh, seven points out of a possible nine so far. He's won. 
again, I'm not, I don't, I'm not going to say that comment I was about to say there because that will kill me. Um, on Conte's had a good start at home so far. There you go. Um, tell us, Ant, thoughts going into Norwich. Confident? Listen, as I said, one tonight, you know, the, the next game they start tomorrow, start planning it for, for Sunday and um, we move on. Uh, this game will be in the past, as we all know. So Norwich is, is just as important as tonight. Um, it get us a little bit, you know, pressurising the top four. I'm not saying we're going to end up top four, but I hope I'm wrong. But we will see what's what's happening. <laughs> Listen, I'm in my mate's flat, right? I'm staying up here and I, he's got all these fancy lights. He's got all these fancy lights. I don't know how to work them, right? So I'm trying my best. Do you know um, what killed me? Someone said Red Dwarf earlier. Do you remember Red Dwarf? Oh, he's with, a head, with a head and no background. <laughs> yeah, I don't know how to work these geezers' lights, bruv. I'm like, what is that? Yeah, yeah you've got a switch in there. Is it more technical? <laughs> it is a switch, but it's one of them fancy ones. It's a bit yeah, like Irans or something. Old place, place will come down. No one there. Yeah. Um, <laughs> listen, I, I want I want a bit of Rob C's um, uh, confidence. We will smash Norwich, not a problem. Uh, yeah, I, th- I think we'll do well. Um, I think we'll, I think we'll beat them. I think we will beat them. Three uh, 0 Spurs. Three 0 Spurs. That's the first time we've got a clean sheet of out and a and a convincing Spurs. Actually, actually, here he goes. Here he goes. Revise it now. Who we have in Pookie in it? Pookie, yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Has he scored this season, Rick? Yeah, he's, he's been on, he's been in good form recently. Look at that when he put oh, the, look at that when he put the top yeah, corner yeah. against Newcastle. I didn't see it. I didn't see it. Oh, so. nearly, took, nearly took the net off. Unbelievable. Yeah, oh, well, at least he won't score his first goal against Spurs then. So that's no, no, all right. No, I like no. That's why I get called, called a lot, Pokey. Because <laughs> obviously the old, bar, the old Barnet's going, isn't it? So I get, I get <laughs> pokeyed off all the time. Pokeyed off. Yeah, go on. 3-0 Spurs. Come on. 3-0 Spurs. All right, let's come around to, let's come around to Frankie next. Frank, um, listen, wouldn't it be nice, you know, Spurs to try and take advantage now um, of, I would say, on paper, and I've got to word this very carefully, uh, you know, a kind of run of fixtures before we do hit the likes of, you know, the Liverpools to come, of course, later on in the month. What are you going for, Frank? You know, I don't, team news wise, it's a lot on the ground at the moment because they only played a day or so ago. Uh, but we understand Spurs is no injuries as things stand here. But I know when this podcast is uh, released out tomorrow morning, we'll find out there's a whole host of them. But at the moment, um, apart from Romero, um, we should be in good shape, right? Yeah, I, I, I looked, um, I watched uh, the extended highlights of Norwich Newcastle. And Norwich couldn't put away Newcastle with 10 men for pretty much the whole game. Literally, it was like 90 minutes with, with 10 men. We should be battering um, Norwich. I, I think I agree with Ant 2 3 0. I think another clean sheet. I think our home form um, is, is been okay under Conte. Um, we'll continue to get better. I truly believe that. So, yeah, I think it'll be a shutout. Um, probably won't be that, but that's, that's my prediction. <laughs> Savvy. My predictions have been awful on this show. Yeah. Just quickly, I, before I, I, I said it on Twitter before the game, I truly do not know what to expect with this football club anymore. After the years of ups and downs and torture, when things are going good, something smacks you in the face. So I'll say two or three nil, but who knows? That's fair, Frank. I mean, we were lucky that the chat's good for an hour and a half before the prediction. So uh, I think you let off on many bases on that on that way, Frank. Uh, let's come around to Sammy. Sammy, it's been lovely to have you back on. It's been such a long time cheers, having pal. you on here. It's been, been, been amazing to have you back on. Um, thoughts, going in, thoughts going into it, Sam, for you? Um, a game on paper that Spurs should win, but it's oh, Spurs, isn't it? You just I'm going to put Anthony to, to, to bed here, and I know you need it as well, but we're going to absolutely smash Norwich. And I think, you know, now, now, now he's had his build-up, Conte, you know, he's... He's getting the players settled in. We're going to absolutely hammer them. And um, 
I love what he said, actually. I just want to read this to you, Ricky. I thought you might come up with this. But in his interview, he said um, the the players can celebrate about the win tonight uh, up until 12 o'clock. And then at one minute past 12, we start working hard again and we focus on Norwich. And I absolutely yeah, love that. That's who's behind us. You know, yeah. I, and, and, and granted, we've got a, a game in hand as well uh, to catch up. Uh, yeah. I, I said, I said, catch up there, by the way, not catch up in case Antonio Conte is listening. <laughs> oh, he's and, always, uh, he's always, no, he's always from, the, from the show. Anyway, and um, uh, you know, I'm really confident moving forward. I've got to say, I'm liking what I'm seeing. I'm well behind the manager. He's working really hard with what he's got, and uh, and up the Spurs, mate. I love it. I, lo- I love that comment, by the way, about the one minute past midnight. And another comment from Sonny uh, post game on Amazon Prime. Mm-hmm. Um, he said, Antonio expects everyone to move with or without the ball. Every player knows what they must do. He is so passionate. I love it. I want to play with passion. I feel his passion on the pitch. Love it. Love that. Love it. Love yeah. that. Totally agree. I mean, listen, you, you can't argue at the moment unless we are going to put Ant to bed. But um, there, there is a real positivity with Conte just being here. And you just feel that he's transcending amongst the fan base. I know, listen, it's stepped slowly, slowly. And, um, you know, although it's a very, very long season, you do feel there's something coming together at Tottenham. And I've said this before, you know, in January, if we can just get the right additions in, there's absolutely no reason. There's no reason why, though, is there, Frank? We can't be up there towards the end of the season if we can get the right players in. Mm. It's huge. And and somebody actually asked a question. We missed it, Rick, um, earlier. They said, uh, which four players would you all get rid of? That was Tony Rogers. We'll try and get that back up. Yeah, go for it. Go for it. Uh, What what four players? Go on. Go on, we'll start with Sammy. Go on. What four players, Sammy? I mean, he's got a list there, really. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I'll, I'll just show you my list here now. It's here. <laughs> of, uh, yeah, what four players would I get rid of? Um, Emerson Royale, Sanchez, Davies. Um, have, you, have you really, Sammy, seen enough of, of Royale to already, already think he's not good You want enough? to get rid of him already, yeah? Yeah, I do. I do. I, do. Well, I want a replacement for him that's better than him, yeah. Um, I don't. I don't want to. I don't want to downgrade clearly. But um, yeah, I don't. I don't think he's going to be the ticket for us. I want pace. I want to go p- pace from the back, and uh, and winks, and that's it. You know. So um, it's, it's a big shocker that with with Royale. But yeah, Davies, um, Sanchez, Royale, and Winks. Interesting. Yeah, okay, exactly. let's let's come around to you, Ant. We're going to finish off on these couple of questions we've got here. Ant, to you. And um, this is from Jordan D. Who says, "What's a more important purchase?" A right-sided forward replacing Lucas or a creative midfielder? Creative midfielder. Anyone you got in mind, Ant? You'd like to see any, any players out there or do you trust Conte who he wants? I trust Conte, see who he wants, mate. Yeah. Okay. Frank, let's yeah. close it with you. How many players do we generally need, in your opinion, to have a chance? And, uh, and come your ears. <laughs> come your ears, Ant. What's that question? For, no, for the, you know, I was going to say, so Frank, how many, how many players do you generally feel we need to have a chance at top four this season. I love you, mate. I've got to go better than you. Am I joking? I'm joking. (laughs) Now, do you know what? Just quickly, Sammy's right, yeah, in a sense, that we have actually only got one right wing back. If Emerson gets injured, who's naturally a right wing back? We haven't got another one. So there's a, that we need one to compete. We've got Sessignon and Regular on one side. We've got Emerson. Tanganga's not a wing back. So we need at least another centre back. At least we need... More depth again on right wing back. Uh, I would get rid of Winks, Ondombele, and uh, Deli Ali. So we probably need two centre midfielders. We need another centre forward, and we do need a right sided attacker. So there's a lot. 
Any names you want to bring in? Any names to close that you want to bring in? I mean, certain midfield. Brozovic has been mentioned of Inter Milan. I do watch a bit of Serie A. He's got an engine on him. I think he's a top player. I'd love Valovic up top. I think he'd be brilliant for us. Um, Centre-backs. There's not many great centre-backs in world football at the moment, in my opinion. Um, I've been watching a bit of Skimra lately for, for Inter Milan. Um, against what I said earlier, he's not been great. I'll be totally honest with you. Um, I think at right wing back, Tank Lamptey from Brighton, break the bank to get him. He's such yeah. an exciting talent. I mean, if he can stay injury free, he's going to be some player. Um, and attacking wise, um, I think we again we could upgrade on Lucas. Uh, off the top of my head, I don't know. Somebody said Jesse Lingard. Jesse Lingard improves us. He does improve us. Yeah, um, right. I'd take Jesse Lingard all day long. I'd his contract's up in the summer. Definitely. Um, 100% I'll take him. So there are players out there that I think are gettable. But as Ant said, I trust Conte. Whoever Conte yeah. wants, back the man. Spot on. OK, well, listen, we're going to leave it there for tonight. Again, a massive thank you to so many listeners that have actually sent us across their Spotify stats. Keep on listening. Uh, keep on going. And I say, uh, Ant, bless him. Look, I say, for his sake, we're going we're gonna to wrap things up. To the wonderful Anthony Costa. We must say Ant as well. Blue back on tour. Um, great for you. So much going on right now. I mean, I know you're yeah. absolutely knackered. There's so much going on, but all great stuff out in the pipeline. So much excitement. Yeah, so much, so much good stuff in the pipeline, hopefully. So, yeah, keep an eye out. And, uh, yeah. Tickets, tickets, uh, <laughs> tickets available soon, and for Blue, is that already it's on sale? Tomorrow night, in a, oh, tomorrow night, tomorrow morning at nine o'clock. Okay. There'll be everybody now, you know, getting their night sleep, night sleeping to make sure they're by their phone, pacing, rushing, and put those windows in. <laughs> I can already hear people already scattering you'd have, have, you have to have a last word on Spurs night out to one of our gigs. Definitely. I'm sure we'll love that. We'll get out there singing One Love and uh, we'll have the trophy parade early for the Carabao. Yeah, Frank's I'm, looking, I'm up for that. Frank's looking forward to it already, isn't you, Blake? No, I'm, I'm, I'll be there. I'm supporting you. Listen, Blue, Blue got some bangers. Let's have it right. Yeah, I'm, yeah, I'm a bit older. Classics. Maybe not to the younger generation, but some yeah. classics, number one hits. They were big back in the day. Yeah. Looking forward to it. Please, Frank, as well. Good stuff. Absolutely. Absolutely. Not stop working. Frankie, lovely to have you back on as always. We've got you booked up, I know, um, coming on back to us very, very soon. We've got a, must say we've got a massive Christmas show coming your way, um, which is going to be great. Uh, so we're going to save that for now, but uh, get your Christmas hats at the ready. And one man you're also going to see uh, definitely very, very soon back on the last one on Spurs again is Mr. Sammy Powell making his return to the last one on Spurs. Been a astute um, return, Sammy. Love having you on. Always Cheers, great. Thank boys. you so much. Yeah, I really enjoyed it. Thanks, guys. Thank Amazing. You. I say, yeah, uh, we'll sign off on one of Ant's lines there. For the sake of Rob, it's one love from the last one on Spurs. Um, <laughs> from Sammy, from Frank, from Ant, from me, guys. Keep safe, keep well, and as always, come on you Spurs. Sports Social Podcast Network.